Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 316 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host for the next couple hours of game discussion and the founder of Sifted, alongside me to what I believe be a part of an awesome show today is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Not much. You, uh, when, do you, when don't you think the show is going to be awesome? You think it's going to be awesome or you think it's going to be short? Those are your two options. I it's think- never short. Well, since I'm the one who puts the show together and mm. does all the pre-production for the show, of course, I think mm. every episode is going to be awesome. I am most certainly a biased source for the quality of each episode of Game Face. <laughs> There's no denying it whatsoever. Um, mm. Source revealed to me in a dream. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, though. We do have a great show today. A bunch of stuff happened over the last week. Almost mm. too much, honestly. Kind of like last week. where Stuff, our- <laughs> stuff did happen. It did. Our show last week was like... Three hours and 20 minutes. We cannot do that again. We're getting out under three hours today, faux show. Um, but we do have a lot to talk about. There's tons even just in the housekeeping for this week's episode because just so many small stories also happen this week that we want to get into in today's show before we turn the page on to next week's episode. So um, we shouldn't wait too long screwing around. How was your week, Matt? Did you anything special happen for you this week or to um, you? Not a whole lot. Uh... Wait. Mm-hmm. I saw Blu-rays of your films downstairs. Oh, yeah. They were, they're there. I mean, that was a few weeks ago. That's awesome. But, um, <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, the, the director made Blu-rays. He's, he's industrious that way. Yeah, they look great. Um, recorded director's commentary for them and everything. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Was the director's commentary longer than the actual films? Well, no. Cause it, it fit. But the special, <laughs> the special features where he shot all these behind-the-scenes interviews and stuff, uh, that is longer than the actual yeah. films because the films are only 10 minutes. Right, yeah. So you shoot but, a lot and have to cut it way down yeah. ultimately to get the time. Um, but I thought it was great seeing your work in hard copy form even though no one cares about that physical media anymore no i thought it was pretty awesome to see it yeah that's cool it's just so we have it yeah um it's not, it won't not, will not be on amazon or anything. yeah yeah you can't go into best buy and buy it or anything no. like that but it's cool but, to have uh, yeah we just made them for us pretty yeah, much that's awesome um one note before we really get going here um last week's show it sounded like there was a record running off the entire episode there was this weird kind of static in the background of the audio that in hindsight someone said a couple people mentioned it offhand in the chat Mm. but like we didn't see it if you ever hear anything like that on the show let us know in chat we will stop the show and fix the issue before we move forward um so anyway i had to do a lot of work on last week's audio and it was like an an extra long episode um it made for a lot of post-production work on the episode so if you ever hear anything in the audio or if there's a weird camera glitch or something that's going on with game face let us know in the chat and if we don't recognize you right away keep telling us because we will eventually see it and we will eventually stop and get the the issue fixed before we move on now i'll say this i got here early today and did a ton of audio tests and i cannot replicate the problem from last week it seemed like it sounded great to me i'm hoping that's the case for you guys Mm -hmm. Um, but again if you do hear anything out of the ordinary or see anything out of the ordinary always let us know we're willing to stop down and get it fixed so that the rest of the episode sounds and looks as good as possible soundboards quiet quitting the what it is i think that's what the problem is i think our soundboard is slowly dying Mm-hmm. And the way electronics die is they typically just don't stop working. They start acting weird before they stop working. And I think that's what's happening with our soundboard, which means we're probably going to have to buy another one. Um, Sound Wizard says it sounds like an XLR cable issue to me. We did tests on all our XLRs. They are fine. I don't know. It was, it's, there's a ghost in the machine somewhere. 
Uh, before we get going, though, I do want to thank people who have hooked us up with Twitch Prime early on in the show. Uh, there's a bunch of you guys. Johnny Hurricane, what's up, man? Hope you're doing good. Uh, Rosencrans, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. Greetings from Iceland. We have someone from Iceland that watches our mm. show. That's amazing. The, the wonders of the internet, without a doubt. Uh, Johnny Hurricane, thank you for Twitch Prime. Hope you're doing great, man. And um, we're getting to that point of the year, Johnny, where you and I are going to start playing some games together, I think. <laughs> so those of you who don't know, Johnny Hurricane, which isn't his real name, but I'm not going to share what his real name is because he can share that. Um, he also works in the industry. And when we get to Q4, a lot of times when there's cooperative games or multiplayer games to play, he and I will get together behind the scenes and play games for footage purposes, or in his case, whatever coverage that he's doing. So he and I are going to re, uh, reacquaint ourselves with each other here in the next couple of months, I'm sure. Uh, Threadzilla, thank you for gifting all these Tier 1 subs. That's so awesome. Um, he says, gifting some subs in honor of my newborn baby girl who was just born this morning. Wow. No way. Wait a minute. Okay. For that... I have to give you a round of applause that we usually reserve just for the winner of Name That Game. But, bro, if you and had a... And presumably for his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Who really deserves the yeah. applause, let's be honest. <laughs> but, bro, if you had a baby this morning and you were watching Game Face right now, we, we, you deserve more than applause. We need to figure out something to give people like you who are the most dedicated. Congratulations to you and your maybe it's your wife or your girlfriend. Uh, and I hope, I'm assuming the baby was healthy. So congratulations, man. Uh, Talica1981, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Toast9, thank you for Twitch Prime. One Super Master Gamer, thank you with, for Twitch Prime. Uh, David Nordic, thank you as well. Got anybody else in here? <laughs> Johnny Hurricane says, sure, as long as it isn't COD. Sound Wizard, thank you for all the Tier 1 subs. Again, all the more reason to roll in here and uh, hang out with our crew during the show live at twitch.tv slash Games. And if you're wondering what all the Twitch Prime stuff is about, you can give us a free $2.50 every month just by connecting your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account and then subscribing to our channel. If you're watching on YouTube, the instructions to do that are down below. And if you just want to help us, just head to patreon.com sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. And drop us a pledge. You can give us as much or as little as you want. We appreciate every single one of you. Okay. Let's do some housekeeping. Level 5 hype train. Haven't seen oh, that in a while. Oh, no way. We're on the level 5 already, and the show's just getting kicked off. That's great, man. Yeah, usually that was more. That was back in the days when they started the hype train. Right. Do that. People were really excited about yeah. it when it first launched. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, Threadzilla. Thanks, Shane. In the hospital now, my wife is the real champ. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no denying that, man. You were just there for emotional support, and she did all the work. Uh, Tota Mish. Thank you for Twitch Prime as well. Again, we have a huge show. So we need to get going here, but we do have some housekeeping stuff. Um, a couple smaller stories that happened this week I just want to touch on very quickly. Matt, this week, EVGA left the GPU market. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I would guess probably more than half of the GPUs that I've bought in my life have been yeah, manufactured by EVGA. At least. They had become like a reliable brand for me because a lot of times you get like these third-party card manufacturers. You don't know how quality they really are. I always felt like I could count on that company to create a good product. It's crazy. Like, mm -hmm. who would have thought someone would leave the GPU market right now when it's hotter than it's ever been? Well, no, it's it's dropping now. Right, because like, crypto is crypto crypto is not recovered. By the no, way, no, it's not. It is not recovered. <laughs> it's still sitting every, at like around every 20. bubble's got a burst point. <laughs> but as like. The stock market has come back, and inflation's not moving as much, but gas prices have come way down. Mm. Like, 
Crypto has not rebounded like everything else has. No, well, because for a scam to work, you have to keep getting new people involved. That's true. And that has basically stopped. Well, when it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. When anything. You really. always have to have... Pyramid schemes are obviously the best example, and mm -hmm. uh, that is how NFTs work. I mean, that's really what crypto is, is a pyramid scheme. Some of it, yeah. You wait for other people underneath you to buy in, and yeah. then the, you cash the out when it goes the up. The blockchain tech is legit. Oh yeah. Legit oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But the way crypto is used is more or less a way to cash out at the top and yeah. leave the people at the bottom holding the bag. And a lot of people wised up to that scheme, especially with that. I mean, NFTs, I think, hastened that. Yeah. That was a little too transparent for for most people. Yep. And uh, yeah, the bottom dropped out of it a little bit. There's still, you know, there's still money in there. If you've if you're already heavily invested, there's not really much you can do about it. But everyone's gonna hodl and hope that, <laughs> hope that that comes back eventually. And hope it comes back. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It's been interesting. But um, yeah, that is. I mean, on the upside is that. Uh, well, the upside is I didn't have anything in crypto, and the, uh, the other upside <laughs> is that you can get uh, graphics cards again yeah. for reasonable yeah. amounts of money. And, although, That's don't great. buy the used. The one, I, you know, they're fire selling them out of crypto, like mining banks and stuff. Like, you don't want those cards. I actually read that there's no wear and tear on cards at all on crypto from crypto mining. That depends on who you ask, but I would still buy a new. I did some item. research because I'm looking at a card right now and most experts that work at like the big tech websites say that there's really no wear and tear on graphics cards. Mm -hmm. Like either they work or they don't and the amount that they're used really has no impact on that. They're like, now sure, somebody who was running a crypto farm could have spilled a soda or something mm -hmm. on their cards. That could affect them, but if they're actually good working cards, they should be fine. But that's my research, who knows? Um, so anyway, EVGA leaving the GPU market, that's a big deal. Yeah, well, this seems to be because they're not happy with their treatment from NVIDIA. Oh, as like a partner. That, that was what they said. Like, well, NVIDIA was, was an abusive partner, basically, and they're not doing this anymore. It, which is crazy because, you know, they should have been making money hand over fish. They should have. <laughs> like four or five years. Although maybe they were, and now they're not. And, and they bailed at the right stop, time. Now it's time to stop putting up with it. That's true. So yep, that's could a good have point. Been, that could have been something. Yep. Another smaller story from this week. The PlayStation 5... This is coming from a reliable source. We'll have a new version for 2023 that will have a detachable disk drive. And when the disk drive is attached, the new model will look like the current PS5. So they're saying there's some kind of a module that mm -hmm. will snap into the new PS5 that will make it look like the disk-based version that we have now. Um, I guess, I'm assuming they're just going to leave the digital version alone and leave it the yeah. same. Um, so it sounds like actually what they're going to do is they're going to reconfigure the digital version to have a port so it can be upgraded to the disk-based version. Mm -hmm. That way they don't have to manufacture two and models. Maybe there'll be like a cover that makes it smooths it out right. or something. That'd be my guess. Mm -hmm. um, so that's smart, I think. I'm guessing PlayStation has found a way to make it cheaper. Yeah, but maybe you could like allow people to buy systems at some point. Right. That'll be fun. Well, they said also, the story said that this is in anticipation of everything getting going again. Mm -hmm. Apparently, a lot of electronics manufacturers feel like we're right on the cusp of everything finally getting yeah, back everything to normal. does seem to be moving again yep. um just the sheer number of things that i have had shipped from china that have been delayed for months and yeah. months all at once is, finally the the holdup mm -hmm. is breaking free and uh They're finally getting through the backlog yeah which is good that should help everything inflation same pretty with much um, all of it same with like the the, the shipping port uh backups is you're not seeing that as yep. much anymore you're seeing Something that's coming coming over by ship from China is, is arriving in a reasonable amount of time again. So they needed twenty four hour shifts at the docks for like two years yeah. to clear that out. That's insane. 
Mm-hmm. That's how long it took with 24-hour shifts around the clock at the docks to get it caught yeah. up. But at least uh, at least they were making good money doing it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, like double, triple time. Yeah. So, um, And then finally, of the smaller stories, and maybe this should have been an actual topic in episode 316, is that G4, the new G4, just laid off half its staff? A lot. Like tw- 20-ish, I think. Oh, there's only 20? 20. I, I read it was 20 to 30. Oh, then that's only like 10%. Because the, the most astounding thing to me that came out through all of this was that G4 was employing over 200 people. Yeah, they scaled way up. <laughs> For what? For all. I mean, their daily streaming thing was out of an actual studio was an ambitious thing. So. Yeah. I mean, but you, you and I know. We've worked in TV. We know. And they have a full corporate a studio wing. studio that's maybe the problem that's where the blow's coming from uh, feel corporate wing with like assistant stuff i mean i'm sure you know i mean you've seen that, that yeah. office they have yeah just, i mean you could do you could do the modern g4 out of a closet really but mm-hmm. like they have instead they have an office that is better than the one we had when we were uh an actual internationally broadcast cable station so yeah they <laughs> what happened matt what was the biggest what was the biggest mistake in your opinion um, I don't think they knew what they wanted. Because this is not going to succeed. No. It's I don't, not I don't think they knew what they wanted to be. I, I, there, was, there was no clear focus on what to do or or basically to... There was no clear focus being given, to I think, to the show teams to tell them what to do as their shows. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, X-Play wasn't really X-Play. It was... No. It was the subject matter was the same and maybe the tone was attempting to be the same. But it was just a... It was just people sitting around talking. It was just a podcast. It was a podcast. Really what it was. And yeah. Attack of the Show was the same thing. I mean, Attack of the Show always kind of had a podcasty feel yeah. to it. But, like, that was what Attack of the Show did. Mm-hmm. X-Play was a very produced, very f- structured magazine format review show. And... That was what made it different to some It just degree. became, it was just another gaming yeah, show. just another gaming show. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not all that different from us. No, except there was like 80 people on. Yeah, except there's <laughs> tons set, of people. Instead of two. And a big couch. <laughs> and a big couch, yeah. Which we've done before. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, for me, the biggest thing, I just think they hired the wrong people. Like, I know for a fact that the one of the people who is supposed to be developing new shows at G4 came from, like, marketing at Apple. And... Had never worked in games, had never worked in real production before, and they and never launched a show. Mm-hmm. This person has worked there f- for like four years, and they're the part of G four that they control has never launched a show. Mm-hmm. And they've already shut down a couple shows. So. Yeah, it's including the one that I thought was the best one. Boosted. They hired all the worst people from the first G four. All the people who were running G four before we got there and it was going nowhere, are the people that they rehired to run the new G4. Are they? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know much about the upper management of the new yes. G4. I know for a fact, yes. So I, I, they blew through all that. I just can't even fathom that they had all that money, and you look at the numbers of the people that are watching their shows, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like They should have spent half the money that they spent on whatever they blew it on and spent it on marketing. So people knew that they even existed. Yeah, they have never run a single commercial. No, there are anything. I've never seen any marketing across. No, I don't like, think there has been any marketing. I, I live all week on gaming websites. I have never seen an ad for G4 on any of the websites. Ever. Mm-hmm. It Just ineptitude. Just destroyed it. And I know everyone's going to be like, no, it was frosh. Because she told people the truth and they didn't want to hear it. No. That's not it. There are enough good people out there that Frosh, speaking the truth about how some of the people in our audience look at women, should not 
doom a TV network. No, it, but there no, are enough people out there who people agree with her. There. What'd you say? People didn't know it was there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot like Sifted, But honestly. the Chuds found it because someone said women were people. Right. And then so, it, there they go. They're yeah. like, oh, someone said something good about and women. The most, and the most annoying part of all of it, and we'll get to this again in the GTA 6 section, uh, is that they think they matter. Right. And they think that they had the impact. And they think that this is happening because of them. Right. Which is not true. Yeah. There's plenty. People can mismanage a, a network just fine without your input. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Yes, that is absolutely true. So anyway, that's the housekeeping for today's episode. Um, there was a lot to get to, and maybe I, we sp- spent a little bit too much time on it. It may make getting the show to time a little difficult, but those are three pretty big stories that I felt like we needed to discuss before we got into the show proper, and that is what we're going to do right now. Matt hinted at it, teased it, segued to it. We're going to talk about the big Grand Theft Auto 6 leaks that happened this past week. Um, Before we get going, I am going to show the leaked footage. (laughs) It's only going to be shown here on the stream. I'm going to have to black it out whenever the show goes up on YouTube. So the archives for our patrons, the archives for YouTube... There's just going to be a black screen up from a lot of it, unfortunately. Front gate's closed so the Rockstar Ninjas can't get in. Yeah, but I do want to reward the people who show up to watch the show live. A lot of you may not have seen the footage, and I will say this. I got all the footage. I went through it all. I discarded a lot of the all the crap, pretty much. It only included the stuff that really kind of showed what Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to be, and it's still 20-some minutes long. There were 90-plus videos leaked from Grand Theft Auto 6. And when I said I got rid of a lot of them, what I mean is there's a lot of videos that are just like wireframe and just show like character animations like in this void. Like I cut all that stuff out. I generally only use footage that either shows something new. Chat's worried about showing the... Steph Sterling has the footage in their video that's been up for two days. Like it's... They don't... They're not doing that. There's no problem doing it here live. They Twitch does not check that stuff live now if i were tried to push this archive live on twitch it would get caught or if i tried to run this footage on youtube it would get caught because from what i've been told rockstar has protected all that footage now on youtube yeah so the only thing i've seen rockstar going after is the raw postings yeah like using it in in videos when you're talking about it has been left alone i mean let's be honest that's fair use editorially we should be allowed to use this footage as long as we're talking about it it's legally but am i going to go to court against rockstar's legal team that's what rockstar counts on little Mm -hmm. guys like us being like you know what i can't really afford to spend like 200 grand defending ourselves against rockstar's lawsuit so i'll just avoid the lawsuit altogether and that's what rockstar's counting on and they're right we're not going to leave it in the archive we're going to black it out so people can't see it. But for you folks here today, we are going to run all of it. All all that matters. Again, another reason to show up and watch Game Face Live every week. Because you never know what you're going to see on the show that other people are never going to see. So anyway, I'll just get this footage going, Matt. And we'll talk over it. Because the way it's organized... There's no, there's no good way to do it. So, again, there's a lot of debug code over this stuff. The other thing I'll say, too, before we get going here, is don't rag on the game for how it looks in this footage. 
This is the way games are made. This is how mm -hmm. games look. And honestly, when they're in development, for a pre-alpha, this looks amazing. It really does. Parts like, of it really look amazing. I've played stuff this early before of games. I will not tell you which ones they are, and they didn't look like this. Like they look, it was like trying to read the matrix through the green code screen. Like yep. it is, there is, this is extra because clearly they're using a lot of GTA five assets as placeholder here. Mm -hmm. um, this is incredible as far as like something this early, like you, it, and it just proves like, I don't know if there's an enthusiast community in any kind of pop culture area that knows less about how the thing it loves is made than gamers. Yeah, like it really it is, is crazy. It is astounding it how is, stupid. There's so many the developer docs out there. Well, they'll walk you through it. They'll show them working on their terminals. Like you had and people like... that were actually saying, like, "Oh no, visuals are always done first, <laughs> and so this is what it's going to look like." And it's like I am impressed by how confidently wrong you are in all the ways you could be wrong. It's just, it's astonishing <laughs> the ignorance. Yeah on display in, in the last few days it's been pretty is bad. astonishing yeah. this game is two probably three years out these are also the people and who we think... don't even know when this was recorded <laughs> this could be a year old this it could, could be, be older years than old yeah. we don't know yeah like they're clearly using uh old assets as placeholder to get the the gameplay right and get the the features right someone pointed out in a discussion about assassin old assassin's creed stuff today that i saw online that the original uh like art and like mock-up stuff of Assassin's Creed Origins had Edward Kenway yeah. as a placeholder in it because that's how long ago they started working on that game. You can't judge anything that early. The, the people who are saying this stuff to you are also the ones who think they know everything. Yeah, <laughs> they're course. the ones who Always. are out on social media acting like jackasses when they don't know shit. Anyway, this is not actually. A hacker that got this footage. Let, let's just lay something down right now. It's a child. About hackers. They're, hackers really do not exist. Like, the way we envision hackers of the guy who goes in and, like, tries to find a hole in the code and, and codes his own thing yeah, to get they, in there. The cyberpunk decker is yeah, not Yeah, that a is thing. a fantasy. Yeah. Hackers really are just manipulators. They mm -hmm. figure out how to get into places Social by manipulating people yeah they either fish with an email saying oh my god your account's been hacked please input your your login credentials here yeah, i get that stuff all that you know what i think is really funny almost all the most recently all the stuff i've gotten in terms of like the phishing scams have been you just won this like expensive like hardware or tool item like yeah. putting your information yeah. like, like does that work on like dumb guys it works on some people big tool sheds if it like, works on one out of a thousand oh i need a portable generator for free from this this walmart uh email that somehow came from rd6859 at whatever.net it's like i mean i'll be honest with you man i have dumb. some older relatives in my family that will absolutely fall for stuff like yeah, that yeah true i mean it's just the way it is so this guy did not hack into rockstar servers no. it did not hack into rockstar's website it basically just sent emails to people who worked at take two and finagled their way onto rockstar slack mm -hmm. and then once they got into the slack they just started searching for media where the developers have been sharing stuff saying hey i'm working on this animation routine what do you think here's I a will, clip here's how you know it's real because they've like he has to pick up every single 
piece of money. Yeah. That's pure rock star. And I right think that's there. going to be in this game. Yeah. But I think it's going to be that's, annoying. That's it, their that's their lesson from Rock Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> it's like, it "Oh, we have to make everything more tedious." Right. That, that's what everybody wants. So, well, when it sells that well, what does it tell you? Right. It tells you you did the right thing. It tells you people will put up with that for a good story. Yeah. What it tells me. So anyway, this was not a hack. Like the, no, the kid was, ends up ends up the kid the 16 same, years yeah, old. Yeah, he did the same thing to Uber earlier right. apparently yep. and wanted to see if it would work on something he cared about. And it did. And there you go. Surprise 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 it's just funny how and these are people who work at rockstar and take two yeah these should be much more tech savvy people but you never know <laughs> i mean i gotta hand it to the kid he's 16 and he, he got this stuff like that people have been thirsting for for like eight years and, yeah and then well, he spent some time trying to sell it trying to yeah trying to ransom it to yep. rockstar and rockstar wouldn't play ball so he just started selling it to random people yep so anyway, as I said, there are 90 I feel clips. like there may be repercussions for that. Oh, he's going to get in trouble. They'll catch him eventually, for sure. Um, I think they may have caught him, actually. His parents already. better hope they're not in a state where they're responsible for his actions. I think he's been in trouble for this before. Mm, like like a sense. couple years ago. Yeah, this is, I'm sure, not his first uh, rodeo. rodeo. Yeah. To get Rockstar stuff? Absolutely. So anyway, there are 90 clips, and I did go through all of them, and there are some things that I've gleaned from the 90 <laughs> different clips. Again, when you see bugs in this... Yeah, clearly this is how it's going to come out This is not years. what the game's going to be like. It's I hate that I have to keep saying this, but this is not what the final game's going to look like. This is them testing animation and things. So, But I did manage to glean some information from looking at all the clips. First of all, Vice City is in this game is set in our time. It's not set mm-hmm. in some weird alternate 80s like it was in the past. It is set in modern day. Um, Rockstar is saying development will not be impacted. I saw some people on Sifted saying, oh, they need to trash all their engines and start all over. No, they don't. No, need to do they, do not, they do not need to do that at all. They will keep on keeping on. Yep. Uh, this won't affect their development of this game at all, other than to take a couple days to try to shore up any holes yeah. that were exposed through this whole thing. Um, but for the most and part, maybe discipline Brad for clicking on some things he shouldn't have clicked on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, it stars both a male and a female protagonist. The guy is named Jason. The woman is named Lucia. Um, you can tap down on the D-pad to switch between the two characters. It also seems like when one character grabs like loot or items, some things are actually shared between the two characters. Mm. Um, I'm, so it doesn't seem like there's going to be like a strict line between the two where well, one only gets one well stuff. not in this. There might be in the final game. It could be. And, and that's the other thing, too. All this could change. Yeah. Because the game, as Matt pointed out earlier, is still probably two, three years away. I think that's probably a pretty good guess. Yeah, I mean, they've said two years, but I'm guessing, you know, that can obviously slip. Yeah. Rockstar doesn't release anything until they're ready. Yeah. That's what I would say. Um, you can go prone for the first time in mm-hmm. series history. Huge. That is huge. It's such a simple, stupid thing, but they've never managed to get it into a GTA game. It is in this. There's tons of animation routines showing all of that, going from vertical to prone to crouch and back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Um, You can also cover your face with your weapon or your arms if someone's shooting at you to block bullets. I don't know how well that's supposed to work, but... It was a part of the animation routines that were shown off in these videos. I mean, videos. I guess it's better if you get shot in the arm than in the eye. Yeah, so. that's true. Yep. Uh, you can pick up weapons off the ground, which is good. Um, and your loadout actually appears on your character model. So you don't have this, like, mm. endless well of weapons yeah. that magically yeah, appear. Style. Right. You Whatever weapons you're carrying around show up on your character model. Uh, there was also clips that showed off airboats, which shockingly have have never been in GTA to my recollection. Do you remember really? them ever? The, like the fan boats? Yeah, I don't remember them ever being in it. 
I could swear they were they were in Vice City. Really? Yeah. I don't remember them. Scuba diving. They showed off horses and other and tons of other animals. And there was also an option in one of the menus for animal taming, Matt. Hmm. So it looks like you may be able to find wild animals and tame them. And then I don't know well, how pet, all that works. Pet alligator. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. Um, or, you, you know, you could ride horses as My well. My word, those police uniforms are snug. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else did I find? We already talked about grabbing the stacks of money individually off the ground, a la Tedium, mm-hmm. a la Red Dead Redemption 2. Going to make you do stuff that you may not want to do. And it does kind of become muscle memory after a while if you play the game for a good bit. Yeah. But I, I mean, still if you're found going for the realism thing, you have, you know you got to do the thing where it's like it's got to take you the right amount of time to gather all the stuff you want because that's part of that's part of robbing something is how long it's going to take you to stash, stick everything in a bag yep. and start running. You know, <laughs> it's like. true. Yeah, it matters for sure. Uh, but it still, some people might consider it to be annoying. Oh, I don't definitely consider it annoying, <laughs> but, I, but I understand why they're doing it. If yeah, I mean, it creates a sense it. of urgency, like anytime you're stealing yeah. money. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's better than sticking me in an animation I can't break. Yep, I'd you know, agree with that. At least I can grab a couple, turn around, shoot some guys, grab a few more, turn around. You know, like there's there's potential there, but yeah, yeah. it does tell me that they are um, they're leaning into the the Red Dead Redemption style. Uh, uh, yeah, you might have to do this in real life. You want to play real life, right? That's the thing that's fun about mm-hmm. video games is how real they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just hope you can hold the damn button and run and not just have to constantly tap it again. Yeah, like, that would really suck. I think, I, there's no way they're going to do that. <laughs> I think they. I think one of the things they... Was it Red Dead or something they just did, like added an option for that finally? Oh, the, the Definitive Edition uh, let you just tap A and switch to run mode. That's right. So yeah, that's true. So apparently they're open to that now. Yeah, they, so that's good. <laughs> which I don't know why they weren't before, but whatever. For years, there that was a whole thing. They're like, no, that's how that's how GTA works. That's how Rockstar games work. Is you have to hammer the A button to run. Like that was like a point of pride to them. Yeah, that that was how it worked. And fi- I guess they finally got with the times on that. Also, there's fishing. It's another of there is. new feature that was a big part of Red Dead Redemption as yeah, well. You're fishing. Yeah, I, I'm wondering with this clip if they're trying to sink the boat. No, I think they're trying to see how many bullet hole decals they can get before they run out before something before happens. Before the ram runs yeah. out or whatever. It's interesting watching this stuff because you, it, it's like a puzzle trying to figure out exactly what they're trying to figure out by using these little clips. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is really just animation and, and the character models interacting with the environments and making sure it looks realistic and they're mm-hmm. reacting to things the way that they're supposed to. Um but that's pretty much all the clues that we have. Obviously, you can see some of the weapons that are in the game. They look to be traditional handguns and rifles and shotguns and things of that nature. There's no over-the-top kind of weapons. Um, people have found in some of these this type of footage where they see lists that there's some stuff like Bigfoot um, that's, hmm. gonna, that's in the game. Like a lot of like urban legends around Grand Theft Auto. I mean, that might just be a reference to how often people think Bigfoot is in... It could be. Because Bigfoot's not in Florida. Right. Well, they call it something else in Florida. There's a word for uh, it. Skunk ape. Yeah, the, that's or, it. Or the yowie. That's it, yeah. Mm. How did you know that? I had a cryptid phase. <laughs> okay. As a kid. <laughs> that's impressive. I read a story somewhere not long ago about how Florida calls Bigfoot something different, but I could not remember the name of it. Um, yeah, there is more of a... It's a swamp ape that smells horrible. Right. Although Bigfoot does tend to be reported as smelling horrible anyway. <laughs> But no, the skunk ape is the 
is is what that is yeah uh, the legacy says in chat this looks more playable than saints row <laughs> yeah this is about where saints row was when it came this is out. about where saints row released the game yeah <laughs> but so, i like slightly some... better textures in places but yeah. that's about it i do like some of these shots though that where they've turned on traffic and you can kind of see how populated everything's going to be and when they turn on the pedestrians and things like that um i guess the one thing i would say overall with what i've seen of this so far is that it's maybe not stretching its legs as much as i had hoped i mean it's gta it is you, and i guess that's what good else enough do you expect yeah i don't know after eight or nine years maybe i expected something a little mind-blowing but what and there could still be obviously it's still years I mean, away the, the but... mind-blowing in, in this game is going to have to be the systems it's going to be have to be what you're doing or the empire you're building or the you know the, the overall larger stuff that kind of how they all interact together or how you interact with people and that kind of thing. Because you can see the Red Dead Redemption 2 like, conversation system a couple places in mm -hmm. this. So that's that's a step. Yeah. But like, you know, the baseline of what GTA is is always going to be the baseline of what GTA is. Like, I didn't, you know, nothing in this is mind-blowing because it's just GTA. Like, yeah. when of course this was going to be. The the thing that makes GTA 6 interesting is going to be the scale, the scope, the, the strategy to things, like the systems and how they interact. Like, will they, you know... The heist system in GTA 5 was a really cool idea, mm -hmm. but you only do it twice didn't use it. and yeah. you're railroaded through story through it. You never yeah. get to plan a heist on your own. So like if you put stuff like that in this, that'll be really cool and that can affect other things and depend how people react. You know, there's, there's a whole cascade of things that different systems can do and how the world reacts to your characters, how the world reacts to one character and not the other. Like, you know, Jason could be wanted and Lucium wasn't involved, so she isn't wanted and then she has to be the one to go do stuff. And like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff you could do with that, but you can't see it in any of this footage because that's not what this footage is about. Well, that's maybe one thing that was disappointing to me is that we already kind of knew there was going to be a male and female protagonist, but I really thought it might be more of what you had talked about where you'd have different sections of the game where you play as one or the other mm. instead of it being a selectable character that you can swap between at all times and again that could change before the game comes out they could completely get rid of the tapping down on the d-pad to switch characters yeah that might be here simply because they just want you to want to be able to swap between quickly. them whenever you want it's to possible. test different the two different characters in the this same shot place. right here i think is the one that maybe demonstrates the game the best like as far as like what it might look like when it's actually done because mm -hmm. you got like an active street you got pedestrians you got all the different vehicles sort of doing their running on their animation routines and blah 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 um but again, it's Grand Theft Auto, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not seeing a crazy creative spark, I guess, is what I'm, I'm a little disappointed yeah, in. Yeah, but I wouldn't expect it in this, at this stage. Yeah, and, I'm, and again, I can be wrong. They can slide stuff in there, or they, that stuff just wasn't in this footage. There is that stuff, but it just wasn't a part of this treasure trove that this kid uncovered on Rockstar Slack or whatever. I mean, so. that stuff you add, that's like top-level stuff you add later on mm -hmm. once everything's working properly. Yeah, Um. And again, I think the one thing everyone needs to remember is visually, do not take this footage for what the game is going no. to look like. This is as rough as it gets. This yeah, is... Visual polish is the last thing. Yep. Yep. Because you don't do that until you're sure everything's in Works. place. Yeah. Like when you're not necessarily happy with it. I mean, Rockstar can do it after they're happy with everything because they're Rockstar and they have basically infinite time and budget. But you know, you have to basically lock everything down and say, okay, this is what the game is. Now you can start polishing everything up visually and make it look pretty. Yeah, and then yeah, but until then, it does, you know, look at the people have been posting Sea of Thieves, early like pre-alpha and alpha stuff, and like all the all the player characters, all the pirates are just like big blobs with googly eyes. On yeah, them. like it's just like they don't do that until it's you know, there's no reason to do that work until it's 
done. You know, it's like it's someone someone made the the comparison of like it's like looking at a building that's half finished and complaining about the paint. Yeah, you know, it's not. That's a good analogy. It's not what you start with. Yep, and of course, there always has to be a strip club in GTA. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no surprise that one. Where else the... are you going to have the third mission? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no surprise that of ninety clips from this game, that one of them was from the strip club. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we could have all counted on that. Um, one Super Master Gamer is asking if we think it's going to be cross-gen. I would be very surprised. If by the time this comes out, I don't think cross-gen will even be a thing anymore. No. I think it'll just... If every... anything, it would be cross-gen next-gen. Right. It'll be cross-gen with PS5 and PS6. Yeah. Not PS4. Yeah. I, I don't think so. If it were coming out next year, absolutely, it would be cross-gen. Mm-hmm. In Rockstar, I would also argue would be one to push it farther than other developers and studios as far as like most studios have given up on ps4 and xbox one i could see rockstar being like nah we're we're good like we're gonna support those consoles for another at least six months longer than everybody else but i think by the time this game comes out even that will have run out of time yeah i wouldn't even really think that i think they're gonna see this as the launch platform for the new online thing Mm -hmm. and kind of the your you know your 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 uh, Trojan horse for getting people into that, and they mm-hmm. want that to be the new gen. Yeah, I think they'd stick to next gen even if it was next year. Yep, and obviously this footage backs up a lot of the leaks and the rumors that have come out for months now. Um, that it is set predominantly in Vice City. Um, again, that there are the two different playable characters. Um, a lot of the stuff that has been leaking out over the last eighteen months or so has been borne out in this footage. So a lot of those leaks were accurate, which is encouraging. Because um, if we, we report them on Game Face and they're not legit, we end up looking pretty bad. So it's good to see that the stuff that we decided to pick up and talk about on the show ended up being accurate. Um, Matt, does this make you any more or less excited for the game, what we've seen and heard yeah, over mean, the last few days? doesn't really change anything. It's, yeah. It is GTA. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's cool. the way I put it. It's exactly what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what makes some of the reactions even more baffling is how it's like, what did you what think did you this think? was going to yeah. be? Like, what, <laughs> like, do you expect <laughs> jetpacks and superpowers? Like, what? It's just. Yeah, they think GTA. it was going to be like crazy sci fi or something. Yeah, like. And of course, the usual response the f- people freaking out that, you, that one of the characters is a woman. So. Uh. Um, <laughs> Rockstar's gone woke. It's because woke just means anything that focuses on someone that isn't a white straight male for five seconds pretty much yeah that's that's probably the most accurate definition of it why do they why do people care because the culture war gets clicks i that you got these these youtubers and people just like kind of whip these weirdos up into a frenzy and they get a lot of attention and money from that and that's that's the grift so they have to just keep going from one thing to another trying to find everything's got to be outrage and 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 some of it's very you know it it has become a global phenomenon but it is very american in its in its uh sense of like you know we've got that sort of inherent cultural thing of like oh we're rebels we we started a revolution to get away from england you know we've seen that a lot with the death of the queen where like Mm -hmm. people are like like, oh we we beat rebels we don't need to be sad about the queen because i mean don't be sad about the queen because monarchy sucks but like (laughs) um you know we knew that 1776 but like um the uh you know you got that whole thing about it's like oh we're independent and we rebel and we fight back against all so like that what that also comes with that's that you know american spirit thing requires basically a constant form of oppression you can't you need to fight against something and so by creating this weird imaginary sense of like as long if any time a woman is featured in something they are trying to erase you as a as a male you kind of create this 
ability for people to identify as this, oh, I'm fighting against this thing that wants to destroy me. And they have managed to export that now, the same way we exported McDonald's. And now it's just sort of hitting this weird, <laughs> it's not critical mass because there's so few people uh, who, you know, yeah, clearly yeah, all the strip clubs are in here uh, for wokeness. Could you imagine um, going through life like this? No, I cannot. How miserable must you be? Just day in and day out, just miserable. They seem miserable. Because you're just looking for something to give you misery every day. Yeah. It's and you need bizarre. To find, you need to find it to justify your identity. It's really nuts. So, uh, and I imagine like thinking, you know, and some of this got triggered by uh, when Rockstar removed the, the transphobic stuff from uh, oh, right. from the, the previous games. Right. I guess that was their that favorite That was the warm-up. Yeah, that was... <laughs> It's like it's just not GTA yeah. if it's not making fun of, of trans people, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so I would expect the discourse around this game to become as toxic as Last of Us 2 did. Wow. Because of that. I'd be surprised with I would GTA. Not. Absolutely. This is, you're going to have people that are just claiming that this is a watered-down, woke, go-broke, <laughs> like, GTA pretender while they, all buy all it. while they all buy it and spend, <laughs> just like the Brie Larson thing, there's going to be like five videos a day about it because that's what sells. Yeah. Well, that same, the Gotta same, get on the outrage train. Yeah, the, well, the same <laughs> thumbnail. It's, just, it's, it's like, you know, GTA destroyed by logic. You know, Matt, it's, Matt it's I would ridiculous. rather live broke in a cardboard box on the side of the highway than live my life that way. I really would. It would be a freer, freer existence. I mean, though. it would just be a better existence. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no thank you. Because oh. you wouldn't have to listen to these fucking people. Yeah, anymore. that's true. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the footage is winding down. These are the very last clips that we have from Grand Theft Auto 6. And probably the last clips that we're going to have for the next two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, there'll be trailers and yeah. things. But like when Rockstar's ready to share it. But yeah, I wouldn't expect that for a while. Yep. Um, so anyway, as promised, I just delivered you all the clips worth watching from Grand Theft Auto 6. It does appear that we have a couple questions in the chat. That we're going to get to here. Um, AJ the Legend Watson. So ultimately, what did the hacker gain from this? Well, right now... 15 minutes of fame. He hasn't gained anything yet, but he is trying to extort Rockstar in Take 2 because... Well, that already failed. Now he's trying to get people to buy, send him Bitcoin right. in exchange for the source code. Because he claims that he has a source code for both Grand Theft Auto 5 and Grand Theft Auto 6. Um, and there's value to that. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, there are definitely people who want to look at that, but I don't think anyone... You know, he's like trying to sell it to like other developers and publishers, and I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, I feel like they probably don't want to get brought up on charges, so you're probably not going to get a lot of takers on that well, one. Well, the sale could go through no problem. The thing is, is the person who's buying it can't really repurpose the code because mm -hmm. they'll get caught. So... Like, the only thing to do would be, like, to study it. Right. To see how Rockstar does. To see how Rockstar is doing certain things yeah. and then apply that to your knowledge base. Yeah, and I don't know how much of that is really a mystery. Replicable. Because if it's, replicable, if it's yeah. built into Rockstar's proprietary engine, how does it work in your yeah. engine? Does it? Does it not? Yeah, it, like, you're trying to replicate some of this stuff in Unreal 5. And to be honest, you're probably already able to replicate most of that in Unreal 5. Yeah. Like, Epic has thought of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Like, it, GTA is one of the prime suspects for something people are going to want to duplicate features from. So a lot of those features, even if they're not done exactly the same way that Rockstar did them, are going to be in most game engines. Don't forget, also, that CD Projekt Red has an agreement with Epic and Unreal Engine to help build the engine for open world games. Mm -hmm. It's a partnership that those two have together. And so... 
yeah. you know. There's really not a lot of appeal to taking that risk. Yeah, there's not. So it doesn't surprise me he has no takers. Yep. It it's it's not like there's me. a lot of love for Rockstar in the industry uh, outside of respect for what they've achieved in game de- design. But, like, I don't think you're going to get anyone who's willing to do that. Yeah. Put all that, stu- all that on the line. Like, yep. it doesn't make any sense. But to your question, if he fails to sell this... And he could find someone to sell it to. Let's be maybe, honest. Like Matt, there's a lot of rich people out there, man. Yeah, like maybe, maybe, maybe Elon wants that instead of Twitter today. Yeah, exactly. I mean, somebody like that maybe will buy it. But if he falls short of selling it to someone, then he really has gained nothing from this at all, other than notoriety. And mm-hmm. we didn't even mention his name. So, and that's how we roll here. Yeah, people do know, stuff that's illegal. We're not going to mention their name. And, I don't even know his name. So. Well, it, it, we're not mentioning it. It is in our notes here. Well, actually, you mm-hmm. don't have my notes, but I'm not going to mention the guy's name. Why would I? Because always he's either looking for money well, or notoriety. We we'll all know his name once the uh, cops break once his door he gets down. Arrested. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, really nothing. Like I feel like this kid is just a mischief maker, and he's just like trying to see what he can get away with, and he yeah. hit the mother load this time. And but he has no place to go with what he he got from it. So and it's I mean most of this stuff is out there anyway. I just ran it in our show for free. He didn't make a penny off of us. Um, so yeah, I don't think that there is any reason for him to do it other than the, the notoriety. Yeah, the um, audacity is impressive, but it's some you suspect some of it is because he just didn't understand the scope of the situation. It just shows you how simple sometimes yeah. it can be. And he seems like weirdly surprised <laughs> that it got so big. It's yeah. just like, it's, it's GTA. Like it's the biggest video game ever, dude. Like, of course, I mean, he would have done it if he didn't know it was going to be big. Yeah, but he was like kind of, there was an element of like, oh, I didn't realize we were going to get like mainstream coverage and stuff. I was like, yeah, it's GTA. Uh, okay. Everybody reports on GTA. <laughs> um, very gooser. Can't believe Sifted is woke, even just mentioning women. Sheesh. I mean, that's kind of where we're at at this point. Pretty much. I mean, with that certain segment that, of people. That, and I've noticed the people, uh, them use, they'll use woke in, in is a replacement for a slur they want to use. No. When they no. say that, that Disney has cast a woke actress as the Little Mermaid. That means the you, actress you is know what that, a person of color. Yeah, you yeah. know what woke means yeah, yeah. there. A minority. Yeah. Uh, Vincent asks, do you think Rockstar will accelerate its marketing plan a bit because of this leak? Hmm. I'm not sure what he's going for there. I don't know what you. I mean, they haven't released a trailer yet. The marketing plan hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think so. I don't think they really need to worry about that too much. I mean, this this GTA, they can do whatever the hell they want. Just handled the first round of marketing for them. All they need to do is put the logo up on their Twitter, and they're going to get talked about for five days. Seriously, just the logo or the box art for Grand Theft Auto Six will be the biggest story of the day. If there is the one industry. thing that is bulletproof in this industry, it is GTA 6, no ironically enough. So they can do whatever they want. Uh, Minority Games, do thick thighs save lives? I don't know. Um, Cinetyke, these hacks are not constructive to be sure, meaning it's not going to help the game become better in any way, I'm guessing. No, or anything. I mean, what does it accomplish? Nothing, really. Yeah. I mean, Rockstar could look at the feedback. It just poisons the discourse on the game early so that the trolls can get their, you know, their ducks in a row. So when they actually do start marketing it, they can be ready with all their bullshit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I do think Rockstar can maybe take some feedback from fans that they're getting watching this footage. This is like a really early focus group test for Rockstar. And obviously you have to sift through the idiots and to get to the real people who really care about your product and really care about making your product better and versus just the angry people. 
Um, so, but I do think there might be some value in that for Rockstar, but not as much that would make this okay, I guess is mm-hmm. the best way to put it. Um, it's not enough to rationalize all this information getting out there, particularly the source code for the last two GTA games. That's really the big one for Rockstar. That is what's probably keeping Rockstar and Take-Two awake at night through all of this. So, biggest uh, leak ever, Matt? Yeah, it's up there. Yeah. I mean, that Nintendo leak was pretty huge. I mean, the but NVIDIA leak. a lot of it leak. was after the fact. Yeah. And NVIDIA leak was more like just like general info. But it's all ended up being right. Yeah, but like the source code of a major game is probably the, the biggest thing. game. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest game of all time. Yeah. It, I would say it's probably the biggest leak in the history of the games industry. And that's saying something because we get leaks every week now. It's really crazy. It really feels like people have let their guard down as far as like sharing information mm-hmm. about things. Well, some of this I think is be, is kind of part of the, the distributed workplace, the work from home thing where it's hard to, you know, you that's have true. Over. You know, everything now you're sharing be, assets to people's bedrooms. Yeah, everything's got to be out there available to the world and not just on an, you know, an intranet somewhere. Yeah. So. Yep. Big, big story. No doubt about it. Um, a chance to the question I ask you as to whether it increases my interest in the game or decreases it. I hate to admit it, but it does decrease my interest in the game a little bit just because there wasn't something obvious there that kind of is going to set the world on fire. Um, then again, Matt, you're right. But like, it is going to set the world on fire because it's GTA Well, because it's GTA. But, I mean, like, as far as, like, there being, like, this big thing, like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing that type thing. Yeah, but thing. what would that have been at this stage? Well, that's what they're paid to do. I mean, it, we're not Rockstar. We right, but at this stage, what would that have been? Like, they, you know, If I knew that, I'd be worth a but trillion what, what dollars. I'm, but what I'm saying is all these footage is, is basic walking around, getting on the ground, mm-hmm. shooting things, testing animation, getting in and out of cars, like... They weren't testing anything that would have been part of a, of whatever new systems they have in this, oh, other that. than the flatting themselves on the ground. I get that um, the game could come out and it could have all this stuff. I'm yeah. just saying not seeing it definitely dampened just, my interest a little I just bit. think that's weird because I wouldn't expect to see anything like that. Like Those kind of high-level concepts are not going to be in this kind of early footage. There could be hints at it in the text and the copy and the stuff in the menu. No, you got, you like, got the skunk ape. What else do you want? <laughs> that's all I'm going to get, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, when the game is ready to be played and shown, I'm going to be all over it. I'm going to be very excited to check it out. So um, overall, it really didn't impact me all that much. But if I had to choose, I would say it just lowered my expectations a little bit. Um, but again, don't read too much into all this stuff and all this footage we just showed you. Well, if you're watching the archive, you weren't able to see it anyway. But um, I would not read into this stuff. You can find this stuff out there, by the way. Like if if, yeah, it's if you're watching a show and you're pissed off that we blacked out the footage, you can go out and find it. Just Google it and it'll pull up. Like it's the internet, nothing ever dies. Yeah, I mean, there's forever. like for instance, I got it from like some offshore website or whatever where Rockstar can't tell them to take stuff down, and you can probably find that website too and get the footage yourself. So, um, however, I did do a lot of work sorting through all that footage because there's a lot. There's 90 clips overall, and probably. 60 70 percent of them are just trash and not mm-hmm. worth even watching so i did do you guys a service for the people who showed up to watch our show live at twitch.tv slash sifted games okay anything else matt you want to add before we move on i don't think so okay let's move we're going to talk next about a little show called tokyo game show that used to be a much bigger deal than it is now matt um it's the first time they've had a real in-person Tokyo Game Show since 2019. And initial data from the show itself says that the audience was down 47% from mm-hmm. 2019. Their total numbers, when you see them, seem 
good i think it was like 130,000 people came through until you realize that that's one day at tokyo game show normally yeah um so the numbers were basically cut in half as far as in-person attendance and if you watch any of the clips from the show floor it was like lots of masks like it mm. felt like Japan's, rolling back in time here like yeah, nine or still ten in ago. a lot of covid management period so yeah. uh part of it is that well the other thing too but is that they've been it, wearing masks for a century now in well, Japan? Yeah, it's been more, yeah, more of a cultural thing to yeah. wear a mask. Like, if you get a cold sick. in Japan, you don't just go out of the house. You put on a mask. And it's been that way for decades. Ever since I've been going to Japan, it's been that way. And I'll admit, the first time I went there and got in the subway and saw a few people scattered around the train with masks on, I was like, whoa, like, what's going on? Um, and then if you, after you're there for, like, a day... You realize that's just the way their culture is, which made it so weird for me then whenever the, everything happened with COVID to watch people rebelling against wearing masks. It's like if you had just ever gone to Japan, you would have a completely different perspective on this thing. But No, they wouldn't because they're ignorant Americans. Really? You yeah. think? No. Like anybody, if they go to Japan yeah. and they're there for five days and they see that everyone's wearing masks because they don't want to pass their cold or whatever on to other people. Like, I think that... It would have made a difference for a lot of people. Not everybody. Not the people who rebelled against it. Really? No. That that there. Those were just, almost everyone who rebelled against the mask thing was just the usual "fuck you, got mine, don't care about other people" thing. Mm. Like that was the problem. Is an empathy disconnect. It's not, it's not it, empathy disconnect and a lack of understanding of science. Um, but they don't care if they get anyone sick. Yeah. That's the problem. It's Maybe not right. that they don't Maybe understand right. that. It's that they don't care. That's possible. Yeah. Like that was what was made very clear in a number of arguments with these people. I felt like they just um, didn't like being told what to do. There's some of that too. I felt like that was the core of it all. They're like, you can't tell me what to do. No, we actually do tell you what to do yeah. all the time. But then, like, you're like, well, we're telling you what to do because this is how you're going to not get someone sick and possibly or yourself. kill them. And they're uh, but, like, well, I don't but the, care but about the main that. justification was to not. That's why they wear them in Japan is when you're yeah. sick, you wear it. So you're not breathing on other people to get them sick. Right. And most of the people that re- rebelled against that don't care about other people. Yeah. Or at that's least not the people that aren't their direct family. Yeah. So that was part of the problem. Yeah. Um, it's a cultural difference. There is a more of a. Uh, uh, you know, more of a collective culture in Japan. We're a bunch of sociopaths. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, Tokyo Game Rugged Show. Rugged individualism leads to not giving a shit about whether the other person on the subway gets sick from you. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yep. And it's not right, and it sucks, but that's where we are. Yeah. Tokyo Game Show used to be a gigantic deal that could easily oh, yeah. float an hour-long discussion on any podcast. Um, now, we used to justify a two-week trip to Japan. With, like, 20 with, of us. Like, a bunch of it, yeah. Yeah. We would roll there with G4 thick with, like, 20 or 30 people to cover And it was one of the loudest places I've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first year I was there, we, we had to get, like, one last few sets of shots on, like, day two or three. And and so Ryan Ryan Vance sent me back in to get B-roll, whatever. And I remember standing in front of those double doors and having to kind of, like, steal myself to walk back into that giant... <laughs> concrete ha- hangar <laughs> where it was just sound like it was it like is. walking into a wall of sound it, is, it was yeah it, it was can be overwhelming after a while tgs wears you out for sure it was right and then you also are traveling like an hour yeah we took to. like an hour and a half we, we we stayed like at a nice place but it was like an hour and a half away from makahari mesa and it was just, so we we're always taking the train yeah. all but we have to get up really early to get there yeah. on time and, and then the worst part was when you got to tokyo station you had to do like a switch that was like from one train to another train on the other side of the station which is like a mile and a half it's like a more like two and miles like, yeah, underground like <laughs> oh my god yeah it was it was brutal and then one year we finally like, we're just gonna switch hotels 
Finally, we're going to stay out we, by Makuhara and Because we shoot other episodes just in Tokyo, and then yeah. like we're like, okay, when we're going to TGS, we'll just switch to one near the convention center, and oh my god, it changed our lives. It does. You it can was, get up like right yeah. before you have to be there, and... <laughs> <laughs> we're like, why did we do this for so long that way? Because being in Tokyo is awesome. Yeah. Um, but anyway, TGS has, I mean, not just because of the COVID pandemic. It had been falling in stature for a while before COVID Yeah, it hit. basically became a mobile game show at one point. Yeah. But it, I wouldn't say it had a bit of a resurgence other than for the just the fact that it, they did it in person this year. But content-wise, it did kind of fall in line with what we were getting pre-2019 where there's a few big stories based around Japanese games but not a lot of Western penetration there at all though Xbox did go and Phil Spencer was there and he did some interviews mm-hmm. with the Japanese press which is good um, yes, but for the Vincent, most part Vincent TGS always had a the first day was always media day yeah and then the first day was just us day was right, and then yeah. the next two days were just madness mm-hmm. so you tried to get you everything, everything done you could on do. the first day you saved you saved the 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 other days were done we did host wraps up on on the balconies and shot the crowd and like, well we, people were there yeah when you needed the action yeah because yeah. but we on the first day you try to get all the business with the hands-on stuff you do done. the interviews you play yeah. the games you get through the lines all that kind of stuff and this year Kind of the same deal. There's a handful of stories that we're going to talk about from Tokyo Game Show. Nothing like mind-bendingly, mind-blowing, really. Um, First up, we did get a ton of information on Street Fighter VI. We have the final roster of fighters for the launch version of the game. There's going to be 18 characters available at the start. We also found out that a closed beta is coming October 7th through the 10th. That will include eight playable characters and multiple modes. However, it will be next-gen only. Capcom also announced a mode called Extreme Battle Mode that basically lets you customize your matches with all these weird and wacky variants and options. And then, other than debuting the opening roster in this trailer, Ken was kind of the featured playable character at Tokyo Game Show. They put out gameplay of him. They let people play as Ken. Which, as you all know, is basically just a Ryu clone um, with subtle differences between the two guys. They're pretty drastically different these days. Do you think so? Oh, yeah. They're, they play, you got to play Ken very differently from Yo. Yeah, Ryu. I'd agree with that. But they still have very a lot of the same moves. Well, they're, they're Shoto's, so they got yeah. their fireball and their But, you know, those all behave differently, too. Yeah, the like, timing's a little bit different. Well, well I mean, I'll be honest with you, I always played Ken instead of Ryu. So mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> Why? Because they're different. They're not exactly the same. Um, any surprises in that 18 character lineup for you, Matt? Anything no. that you're, you're missing or you were surprised no, included? No, for a while I was like, oh, that's surprising. I was surprised that they had shown all the originals except Zangief. Mm-hmm. But then he showed up in this. Yep, he's so. in this. Yeah. So, yeah, the original eight all there. My guess is that that beta is just the original eight. Oh, I think there'll be new. There'll be. Oh, you think new, so? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Definitely. Because there's people who don't care about the original eight and want to see new characters. So really? there'll be new characters for sure. Yeah, I guess not everyone's as old as me. <laughs> a lot of people may prefer the new characters over the original eight. I'm like the same with Pokemon. Like the original 150, really all I care about. The rest are just like, I like some of them, but for the most part, not as much as the originals. Um, and then they showed off a lot more of the single player mode that you're seeing here, which is kind of this weird, almost punch out style like campaign where. You create your own character and you start rising through the ranks of Street Fighter. I mean, let's be honest, it's got to be better than what they've had for single player in the past. It can't really be worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't think? We'll see. You think it's possible? Creative Fighter stuff is tricky. It is. 
the costuming and all that kind of stuff and what the moves are and do they feel generic do they feel like their own character they like what are what are you doing with that are you doing a soul caliber style or you just choose a move set and graft it onto a custom body or you picking the moves like that doesn't usually work too well are you gonna do like a generic character like mortal Kombat used to do like there's a lot of questions there Vincent says, close beta roster is Ryu, Chun-Li, Luke, Jamie, Guile, Kimberly, Yuri, and Ken. So a couple new. A couple new, but mostly OGs. That's actually a good mix. I think that makes sense. Um, some people in the chat are saying, why only 18 characters? WWE has 130 characters. WWE sucks. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's poorly balanced, and the people who play it aren't as discerning mm-hmm. as the people who play street fighter also how how differentiated are all those characters in they all in have WWE? like one unique move yeah, or two unique that, moves probably like whereas these characters are all completely different yeah every move they do is unique except for ken and ryu but as we said earlier but even ken they, and ryu again ken and ryu are from a template a similar template but they are not remotely similar yeah so like i mean even their normals are completely different at this point yeah so you, you, those are completely different design characters. Balancing Ryu and balancing Ken have to be has got to be done separately because they're yeah. not the same. Yeah, it's, it's definitely two different jobs, no doubt about it. Um, any of the characters, I do think it's funny how they're, they're leaning so hard into the into the cutesy uh, Blanca thing when that was like Ono's thing and he's gone. Oh right, it still shakes me that Ono's not working on these games anymore. It's pretty crazy. Um, any characters that stood out for you, either for looking especially good or looking especially bad? Um, I think Ken looks interesting. Um, I like how Kimberly looks. Um, and I like you know, Guile has usually been my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm He's your main? Usually. Um, but you never know. Like these things, Guile changes drastically from from game to game pretty often. And so I don't know how I'll feel about him in this. I didn't like him in, in 5 very much. Hmm. Okay. So we'll see. But Kimberly, I think, is the most interesting to me because she seems to fit the theme the best. Like, yeah. She's got the graffiti yep. thing. Which is I love her. I haven't even got the player yet, and I already love her. So she'd probably be the first one i try. Yep. I'm excited for this. this. This is the most I've been excited for Street Fighter since, well, probably four, I guess. Five never got me hype. I don't know if it came too quickly after four. Five was so piecemeal and launched so hesitate it was it was weird it It was was weird it was like this it was like trying to like you know like street fighter 4 just like was like a drag racer just like took off from the start like and street fighter 5 was like trying to like sit in somebody's pinto while they figured out how to drive manual like it was (laughs) it was really bad don't hit it from behind no um (laughs) and like eventually they got it someplace but by that point it was sort of over and like you know you couldn't get anyone to come play together it was just sort of you know if you weren't into the tournament scene or playing online all the time street fighter 5 never really got off the ground yeah um and the arcade stuff and all that stuff didn't really do anything for me. The, the single player modes didn't really do anything for me because i don't care about the story of street fighter i'm sorry like they've never had an interesting story the characters are archetypes the characters are, are fun in and of themselves but I don't care about the narrative of the world of Street Fighter. It's just a fighting game tournament. Just like let it be. I don't, yeah. you know. Everyone in chat now is uh, announcing their mains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you inspired everyone to share their mains. I am a Ken and an E Honda guy. Mm-hmm. Those are my two mains that I play as most often. Um, the people in chat are like all sharing their ones. Uh, Emperor Dread says Ken greater than Ryu. I will die on this hill. <laughs> well, Kevin Rafa asked. That depends our- on the game. Yeah. Kevin Rafa asks, our favorite TGS moment of all time. 
That's a tough. I don't one. know. I mean, I just think being in Japan for yeah. TGS are the all my the TGS moments. moments are things I can't tell you about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have had some moments in Japan from there mm-hmm. for Tokyo Game Show that hey, I won't share with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> you go out with the Japanese; it's a different night out in the town. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. <laughs> and it's a fun night out in the town. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Do, like, do a head count. Yeah, <laughs> going out to the alleyway every year to check out the cosplay. Mm-hmm. That's a big highlight for me. The breezeway. Yeah. yeah. In between, like, they have, like, a, a walkway between the two main convention hangers, as Matt called them. And that's where all the cosplayers hang out. And cosplay was gigantic there way before it started getting big here. So I would always go out there and check out the cosplay. And that yeah, was, it was a whole highlight. different level oh, yeah. back then. Oh, yeah. I now mean, you see that pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Back, back then, then, it was Japan like, only. Oh, like, it yep. was, like, that was where you'd see people with, like... You know the wings, the Sephiroth wings that actually opened. Yeah, and things oh, like yeah. That. I remember the first time I think I saw that, like just around at a Western convention, American convention, was at PAX. Yeah, PAX East. That's, someone, when it, that's where it started. Really, PAX off. East 2011. Somebody ha- was one girl was dressed as uh, Morgana from League of Legends in the in the Baker outfit, and she had working wings. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen anything like yep. that outside of Japan. Yeah, then Comic-Con started, like, picking it up after a while. But, man... That girl's probably, like, 40 now. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. But Japan, it all started, man. So, like, seeing the first really good cosplay there, that was always a highlight for me. Yeah. For sure. And just eating. Like, even there's, like, even a... There's a pork cutlet restaurant across the street from Makuhare Mese that I still thirst for. Yeah, that place that Justin Keeling took us? Yes. Yeah. Delicious yep. freaking pork cutlass that I still... It's just in like a mall on like the fifth floor. Yeah. Like it's, like within the, it's nothing. You sit there like, this is the most amazing katsu pork I've ever had. Like it's... <laughs> Dude, the breading on it was like perfect. that Perfect. Like thick. the sauce is amazing. So like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, go to Japan if you can. Yeah, it's, Japan, it's worth the food it. in Japan... Almost all my greatest Japan memories are food related. Like it was yeah. just the... That, that the ramen that that Adam found, yep. um, with all the pictures of Godzilla on the wall. Yeah. Um, the the that's the, still the, there. The, by the, the way. fish market, like at like four a.m. on Sunday, like just yeah. the freshest sushi you'll ever have. Yep. Just Straight incredible. Out the water. Yep. Um, Emperor, let's see. Wait, I'm, every, I'm gonna announce all your mains. AJ the Legend Watson. I've always been a Blanca guy. Um. Matter of fact, Ken here as well. Kevin Rafa Blanca. The Big Smoke 82, Rio slash Ken, LOL. Um, Barry Lomax, I'm upset Sea Viper isn't in it yet. Give it time. I think that'll happen. Um, Barry Gooster, Ken. A lot of Kens. I'm kind of surprised by that. Um, Sneaky says, MK greater than Street Fighter. Demare's fighting words. Those are fighting words, actually. Uh, are there any other ones? Nope. Those are all your mains. Okay. Uh, so anyway, a big blowout for Street Fighter. Um, I think it's looking pretty darn good, and I'm pretty darn excited for it. I'll just put it to you that way. Uh, Next up, Resident Evil Village Shadows of Rose DLC. Pretty much got all the details. The big story that Capcom shared was when this DLC is released and everyone has played through it, that will be the end of the Ethan Winters family saga. So... Resident Evil is turning the page. There's going to be new protagonists, I'm guessing, Could that will back, lead. Back to Chris. Yeah, that will, it may be. Because, I mean, he's a part of this story anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so if you have enjoyed your time with the Winters family, and I have. I've really enjoyed all of the games that start, start Ethan. Um, 
it's time to turn the page. They're moving on. This yeah. DLC has three pillars to it. There's like a third person mode. There's the DLC, the, the Shadows of Rose DLC, which is a story-based content, which again, closes the saga on the Winter's family. And then what is the third one? Is it like new mercenary stuff, I think? Maybe. I didn't. There's, I mean, but there's basically three pillars. When they got to this. multiplayer, I kind of tuned out. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, third person might make me go back to it. I, that's one of my only real issues is I don't like the first person. A village. A, a village. Yeah. Or seven, for that matter. It looks but. like they've done a lot of work on it. Yeah. It's not just like we're just going to pull the camera back and show you the character model now. So there's no, more there's to stuff it than happening that. here. Yeah. Overall, it feels like this DLC in general is pretty meaty. Yeah. And, and definitely worth checking out when it's finally ready to come out. And I did not write down the release date for it, and that is my mistake. Um, but I do think it's coming pretty soon. Did she use, like, a box right there to attack those? She's like, a freeze power. Yeah. With, like, a magical, like, Pandora's box or something? Yeah, some, it was, like, a something like, like a music box or something. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, there it is. So Mercenaries Additional Orders. That was the third pillar. So I had it right. Uh, I'm pretty excited for this. I hardly ever get excited for DLC. Also, you can play as Lady Demesque. Of course you can. <laughs> Putting your lipstick on, drinking your wine, and everything looks puny. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I don't know. This DLC looks pretty hot, man. Vincent says October 28th, right in time for Halloween. So not too much longer to wait, about a month and a half. I'm going to give this a go. I'm pretty excited for it. I'll try it again in third person. Yeah. I don't know if I'll play the whole thing again. I'll play the DLC, mm-hmm. and then I'll try I'll get to out. the Lady Demetresque stuff and then see if I care beyond yeah. that. There you go. That'll Just work. like I did the first time. Yep. Uh, so anyway, that's Resident Evil Village of Shadows. Uh, or I'm sorry, Resident Evil Village Shadows of Rose DLC. Again, coming October 28th. Next up, a huge shift in the Yakuza franchise, which is now no longer called Yakuza. Yeah, they're using the Japanese title now. Yep, it is now called, even in the West, like a dragon, which is what it's been called in Japan for a really long time. Why do you think they ever decided to go with the Yakuza name for the West? Because it was easier to explain. It was a shorthand for what it was about to a mm. Westerner. Hmm. You know, we know what that is. It was like, oh, Japanese mafia. So yeah. Cool, like that. But now you don't really need that because it's got its own identity. And the, the word is not considered very polite in japan so yeah you don't say that word really out loud in yeah. japan <laughs> so like a dragon is is a more uh to them more accurate and you know now you know they, they already called the last one yakuza like a dragon so now mm-hmm. that's the obvious transition now the, the subtitle Im- is the title now they could call this whatever the hell they want because i'm just happy ishin is finally making it to the west it's the only major title that's never come here yeah um i have a japanese version of it that albert iskander brought me from one of their one of his uh, japan trips for tgs that i didn't go on um which i you know, I can't really play it because it's all in Japanese. Hard to play a Yakuza game in Japanese. But, yeah. I, but he got it for me because he knew I wanted a complete set. Yeah. Which was very kind of him. He's a good guy. Uh, he is. Uh, but now they're doing a remake, a remake, and uh, we'll be able to get uh, get it in the West finally. Which yeah. Is great. So this samurai. And based... apparently, this is entirely because of Ghost of Tsushima. Really? They said that Ghost of Tsushima's success is what convinced them that Ishin would do adequately in the West. Huh. Interesting. So thank you, Ghost of Tsushima and Sucker Punch, for finally getting me this game, one of my, you know, Holy Grail games in English. Yep. This is Like a Dragon Ishin. It is coming um, in February 2023. And as Matt said, it is based around the samurai and it has never been released in the West. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty big deal. And probably a good way to announce that you're completely changing the name of your franchise going forward. Yeah. Um, but that is coming pretty soon in Febu- February 2023, early next year. Another game for early next year. 
And then Sega also teased the next entry in the Yakuza franchise, Like a Dragon 8. Um, this is just a teaser. It just shows a couple characters um, from the series. Um, Sega also announced that going forward... It's funny how that is an iconic thing yep. now, that, that gate in the That's street. all it takes, yeah, to know exactly what it is. Um, Sega also shared that going forward, the series will alternate between combat styles, meaning hand-to-hand, mm-hmm. action-based combat, and turn-based combat, depending on their ideas, basically. They that's come up good. with a great idea for a game that's turn-based, it'll be turn-based. If they come up with a more action-based approach, it'll be more fisticuffs and beat-em-up style. So I think that's good. Old Kiryu. I think that satisfies the old fans and the new fans, and it I, gives I them leeway. More, I think having more options in how you do, that, do it and how you tell the story is always better. Always a good thing. Absolutely, I agree. And it uh, keeps that team from getting bored. Yeah. Um, does it bother you at all that they've changed the name of the franchise? Do you think it'll hurt no. the franchise at all? No. With sales people, or anything? You people, think people will figure a, it out? This is a bit of a niche franchise anyway. People yeah. who know it will find it. Yeah. And they've already called the last one that. Mm-hmm. By, you know, and so like a dragon's already... You're going to be able to follow it. And, and then, you know, again, you just keep throwing Kiryu's face up there and everyone's going to know who people that is. People will recognize. Yeah, absolutely. You know, his, his ancestor or whatever is in the the, 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 the restoration period one. And Yeah. Overall, do you think it was a good move? To change the name, or does it not even matter? I don't think it matters. Like if that's what they want to do to unify everything, like that makes sense to yeah. me. I mean, the studio is literally called that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You might as well. Yep. I totally get it. Uh, next up. I don't think they had a lot of control over it being called Yakuza in the West back when it was originally localized. So. No, I don't think so either. Yep. Uh, next up, a franchise that Matt and I have talked about. I think the last couple episodes of Game Face, and that is Suikoden. Mm-hmm. Suikoden 1 and 2 HD remasters are coming to current-gen platforms next year. Phenomenal. Yeah. Finally. With new English translations, which means they'll probably finally fix that weird glitch, which meant that your character didn't import right from 1 to 2. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot that, that was even a feature. It's been yeah. so long. You can import <laughs> this this guy, that guy in the headband, yeah. to the second game. And he can be one of your 108 stars of destiny. Yep. And but the problem was his like canon name is something like Tyr McDool or something like that. <laughs> and um, you can name him whatever you want in the first game. And if you whatever you and if some glitch in the English tra- or how the the import worked combined with the English translation, whatever you named him in the first game when you imported him to the English version of the second game. His name would show up as Mick, whatever your name was. Yep. So, if, so I named him. Uh, I think I named him like Thwack or something like that. So my so my in in Suikoden two that character showed up named Mick Thwack, which is silly. <laughs> That's pretty. Or cool. maybe actually I think it shortened it because there was only so many characters. So it might have been Mick Thwa. Oh. <laughs> um, so I'm assuming that feature will work properly now. Yes, I would guess that it would. Um, that was a source of some comedy. But was back back then there was a lot of talk of like, what do you name the character in the first game so the import name doesn't seem stupid? Yeah. Um, one thing I'm not sure about Matt are both of these coming as one package or we? They seem we... to be one package. Okay, yeah. so you're, you're not going to buy them separately. No, but I'm curious how much they're going to cost. Right. Like I feel like this is going to end up being forty. Eh. Which is fine I for me. Okay. I think Soikoden in Two is one of the greatest JRPGs of all time. A lot of time. people feel that way. Yeah. Um, and one one is not as good, but one is actually pretty short. Like you can burn through one in a day. Yeah. Um, if you know what you're doing, and uh, I do think it's it helps to play it first because it kind of introduces a lot of stuff about the world that makes more sense because Soikoden in Two is a war story between two sides, 
and a more character-driven story, but, like, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the first one that kind of is revisited in the second one and resonates more, if you know that. Um, but these people, are great. These are great games. Yeah. People seem to be pretty confident that Konami will do a good job on these. I'm not sure why that is. The team on this is very dedicated. For, okay. They're, they're, they've kind of assembled a team of fans, it seems. Okay. So... I, th- I think it'll I think it'll be okay. All right. That's also, good to hear. there's no fog to screw up like in so- so- right. Silent Hill Two, <laughs> so we should be okay. Yeah. And then they talked about how like they're open. There's teams at Konami that want to make more Suikoden's. Now the rumor is that this happened very fast as soon as they saw how much that Suikoden alike Kickstarter made mm-hmm. and realized like oh people want the- yeah no Ayuden shit Chronicle. dude like yeah, yeah Ayuden Chronicles. Um, yeah, that, so apparently that got kicked into in the gear there, and so with the other Kickstarter recently, maybe we'll start to see some Shadow. Uh, was it uh, Shadow Hearts? Oh yeah, and Wild Arms action. Yeah, but uh, until then, uh, Suikoden is of all the. I mean, I would love to see a decent Castlevania again, but um, Suikoden, I'll take it. Yeah. Suikoden and Castlevania are the two Konami franchises I would like to see resurrected the most. Yeah. Um, sorry, Metal Gear. I you never did, yeah. really did it for me. Well, I think if people watch um, Game Face, they know how we feel about yeah. Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah, and there's others I'd be interested in. But like, definitely those not are the Kojima two. fanboys, to say the least. Those are the two I would be uh, most excited about. And this is this is something you know. Look, if all we ever get is remasters of, of one and two, fine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, uh, one of the announcements that struck me as odd because of the venue is Star Wars Eclipse. For some mm. reason, was one of the big stories at Tokyo Game Show, and the big story around it is that it's actually not just a choose-your-own-adventure game. It is an action-adventure game. Um, the oh, yeah. quote... Definitely trust Quantic Dream to do that. <laughs> the quote direct from Quantic Dream reads, quote, in addition to a very strong story, very um, there will be action-based... There will be action in addition to a very strong story, very strong characters, multiple playable characters, and of course, giving the players the possibility to change through their actions and decisions how the story unfolds. Uh, did you manage to hire anyone yet? Yeah. <laughs> when do you realistically think that this is uh, going to release, Matt? Never. Never? I don't think this game is ever coming out. Really? If it does, it'll be five years. Do you find it weird that they're talking about it at TGS 2022? It is a little weird. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I was I like, what is going on here? Like, I don't know. Especially since D23 just happened and had a whole presentation about video games and yeah, they didn't mention it. And didn't it. include it. It's bizarre. I, I don't know. It feels like they're maybe I, this, I don't they're think talking this, out I don't think term. this game's going to happen. Interesting. Uh, and if it does, I think it's probably next gen. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking 2025, 2026, maybe. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there. At, at most. Yeah. Like, in general, I think, I think, also, I think the High Republic setting is going to run its course by then, because they don't seem to be supporting it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see this, I don't see this actually happening. Yeah. I mean, look, if they can't get the Rogue Squadron movie made, and, like, they took off the schedule this past week. Like, no, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Like, the, and, like, part of that was because Patty Jenkins, there was a problem there, and Wonder Woman 84 sucked, and, all, you know, there's a whole bunch of things there. But it's like... If you can't get Star Wars Top Gun made, right. which is maybe the most <laughs> obvious idea in the entire franchise, especially on the heels of Top Gun Maverick becoming yeah. like the fifth biggest movie of all time. If you can't just make me a movie about Rogue Squadron, about just X-Wing pilots shooting TIE fighters yeah. down, about like, I don't know, Biggs defecting to the Rebellion or like whatever, or Wedge having to come out of retirement to train a bunch of like New Republic recruits to do like to take like one last shot against the imperial remnant or building like a skeletal death star somewhere on the outer rim like the fucking thing writes itself and you can't get that made there's no way this thing gets done come on 
Like well, my guess is that Quantic Dream had to pay a pretty penny for this license, so it would be a monumental screw up if they got nothing. No, out I don't of think it. they paid for the license. I think really? I think they're hired. Really? That's, that's how LucasArts used to do it, is they wow. would hire people to do their ideas. Interesting. And that seems to be how Lucasfilm Games internally is working now. It does seem to be that I don't way. think anyone's buying the license. I think people are they're going, saying, like, we want to make a game like this, and that we think you're the team to do it. Uh, and then they fuck it up, and it doesn't happen. <laughs> it's like it the KOTOR happen. remake. Like, you right. know, now apparently that's back on track, but they've had to start over because that the Aspire was steering them the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, I think some of that, you know, that's and that's a problem. That doesn't happen when someone pays you for a license. That happens when you hire a contractor. Yeah, you know, like that—that's the issue there. Yeah. So I think that's what's happening there. And clearly, that CG trailer is put together as like a hype, hype machine. But like, I will be very surprised if that move, that game comes out. Okay. And I'm not just saying it because I absolutely do not care about Quantic Dream's take on Star Wars. I really don't think that that is... So many Star Wars projects at this point do not make it to fruition uh, unless it's like Disney+. Plus. And even then, you know, you shoot your mouth off long enough instead of starring in, you know, the, the Rangers of the New Republic, you're going to end up in a Breitbart movie. So, like, watch your mouth. <laughs> um, well, one thing I would say don't is... Don't say stupid shit. Anything Star Wars related, I trust you on. So I will be very shocked if this game come, ever comes out. Okay. Um, and then the final thing we're going to talk about from Tokyo Game Show 2022, no surprise, is Sonic Frontiers. And the big thing that was kind of shown off at TGS 2022 is Super Sonic, who has been an alter ego used sparingly in his previous games, usually under very specific circumstances. Here, Super Sonic appears to just be a part of the moment-to-moment gameplay. And also, he appears to be essential to boss fights. Mm-hmm. Um, it appears that if you if you didn't have Supersonic, you wouldn't be able to fight the bosses in the game. So he appears he's going to be a much bigger deal in this game. Any objections to that, Matt? No, I don't care. Does it? Yeah, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it or not, I am not one of the people who cares about Sonic lore. Yeah. Myth, myth, like, I don't know. Who does? I, uh, oh, lots of people. <laughs> really? Oh, you, the, the, the internet very it's much cares. Silly. It's silly. Um, but I will say this. Every peak I get at this game gets me a little bit more excited for it. I am uh, My mind is completely open to play it. Mm. I guess that's what, next I mean, month I'll, now at this yeah. point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll wait until I see how it feels yeah. to play it. Like, that's going to be the key. That's the key with all these th- 3D Sonic games is what's it feel like to play it? Is it going to be slippery yep. and slidey, or is it going to feel like you're in control? Like, what's the deal? Yeah. So. Yep. Um, and that's Tokyo Game Show 2022. I know it's pretty sad that that's what it's come down to at this point. And I would argue that was probably better than 2019. Yeah, there was some stuff I cared about in there. Yeah, which is kind of out of the ordinary for TGS at this point. It really sucks to see what it's become. Now, again, a lot of it is because of the pandemic and Japan much more nervous about viral outbreaks and things like that it's a different culture there and so i definitely think that hurt the attendance at tokyo game show but the show happens regardless of how many people show up or do not show up for the event so that has that's not going to change just because 47 percent of the people showed up the schedule is what it is they showed what they were going to show so um it's just kind of lost its its punch over the last yeah. like decade really it's really some been like it but some of it's also just the covid stuff in yeah Japan is still well i remember the last play. year we went to tokyo game show to cover it live for game trailers so was 2012 and we got there and we whooped the show's butt in a day 
and like we were supposed you know we were going we had fixers that were taking us there and we kept going back but like we were just scraping the bottom of the barrel after one day at the show Mm -hmm. and uh i was like i don't think we'll ever come back here again and then it never did because then ultimately i left and then game trailers washed out and went to defy and blah 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 so that was the last year that we went and it was not worth the money that we spent to go there um so I don't know if it'll ever be worth the money to go there again, unless you just want to go and just enjoy Tokyo in addition to going to a game show. I would definitely recommend if you're going to go to Japan, like try to plan it around TGS. So you can also go do a day yeah, or two plan it around TGS or Comic Cat. Yeah, because the other thing, too, is that TGS has two days for the public. It's literally designed mm-hmm. for the public. So the anybody down, the only downside of TGS is it's during uh, Typhoon series. It's season. really hot. Yeah, it's, it's hot, hot and muggy. It can rain at any moment. <laughs> be ready to sweat. Yep. Uh, but anyway, there you go. That's Tokyo Game Show 2022. Not a lot of big waves being made from there, but at least there were some. Uh, we're going to go from a Japanese event to a more Western event. And we're going to discuss something that happened as the show was happening last week. Unfortunately, um, we weren't able to talk about it live, but there was a huge Sony state of play. Actually, it wasn't that big. I think I thought it was going to be bigger than it ended up being. I think it ultimately was like 25 minutes or something like that. But there was a state of play while Game Face was happening last week, so we didn't get to discuss it. So we're a little late on this stuff, but it's big enough that I think we should talk about it on the show. First up, really mad, I feel like, the first big blowout of God of War Ragnarok. They released Mm -hmm. a story trailer for the game um, up until this trailer we were almost everything about it was a mystery and i would argue too that this trailer maybe shows a little too much yeah it starts to get towards the end and there's like a huge montage of just random clips and i started seeing stuff that i maybe didn't want to see towards the end of this trailer eh, they know what to show and what not to yeah, show. that's true they're very good about you showing didn't see the blades of chaos until you got to him in the game they know they know but they show the blades of chaos in this yeah because he already has them right but they let you know now that they have re they've become once again a part of his normal normal arsenal right but that happened halfway through the first game but so. i thought he put him back at the end of the last oh. game i thought he put him back under the floorboards at I the mean, end of the game he put him away but I right don't think so he... i think people were wondering like is he, are they is that was just a well, one-off you, thing well, you he can't pull... just you can't have that be this the big twist again yeah like, so yeah he's, of course he's gonna pull him out yeah so he does have the blade so i'm sure whatever they've shown in here is not remotely is the tip of the iceberg okay cory cory is very careful about that stuff yeah it does look like seem like a lot like that the, what you see in this trailer but i also know this team and and this director to the point that like um they wouldn't be showing that stuff if they didn't have more up their sleeve. Yeah. I mean, if you slow this stuff down frame by frame, there's all kinds of stuff in here. Because <laughs> it's just, every clip is like a second long, and it's like two and a half minutes long. It's just, there's a lot. You can start digging into this. Like, I'm surprised there haven't been, like, a lot of, you know, like, trailer analysis for this so far. Like, it's weird that people haven't really covered it. Because there's a lot in here. It's just all kinds of crazy stuff happening. And we did glean a couple details from it. We're not going to share it all because we don't want to spoil the game for you guys. Uh, but it does appear that Kratos and Atreus have some kind of a conflicting relationship with each other, even more so than in the last game. Uh, it appears that Atreus is hiding something from Kratos based upon some of the things that happen in this trailer. Um, for example, like there's one scene where he touches a tree and it glows, Atreus does. Um and then Odin pays him a visit in another scene. There's another shot where he's like holding like an artifact um, that says like 
one of the wolves from Ragnarok's name on it. And I think if you go to another trailer, it shows him holding a stone that has the other wolf from Ragnarok's name on it. So I don't know if eventually he gets to summon the wolves. I don't know. But well, there's Loki, Loki is uh, Loki wolf father. Yeah, is, is a thing. So yeah, he has a kinship with wolves. Yeah. Um, Fenrir, who is destined, he's the main wolf, yeah. is destined to kill Odin during Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if part of it is you trying to keep Fenrir from killing Odin. I don't know. It's all a mystery, but there's a bunch of hints in this that kind of lead that way. Um, well, that becomes the question of like, well, are you like, how much of mythology are they sticking to and how much are they you know, change for their own story, which is like mm-hmm. sort of the interesting thing about retellings of mythology is, yeah, you know, you don't know. Like you can you can change it however you want. It's uh, you know they did back in the day and we can now. Yep. Um, and of course, there's still you know the. I don't know if we've seen anything about the uh, confrontation that is hinted at the end of the first game where Thor shows up at his door. Right. So, we'll yeah. see how that goes. That's true. Kevin Rafa asked, "Do you think we will fight Odin?" I don't see how we'd avoid doing it. I mean, I don't know. It feels like you're on his side, or at least Atreus is on his side. Mm. It sounds like because he has Kratos to die. Is on nobody's side. Doesn't Odin have to die for Ragnarok to actually? Oh yeah, the death, of, the death of all the Asgardians is the ultimate result of Ragnarok. Right, it's the end of their world. And you so could you need... argue that Kratos is that uh, to all pantheons. Right, but uh, you know, and his son is going to play a key role in that. One of the best parts of God of War from 2018 is it is the story. Because before that, this franchise had the worst stories, like the lowest common denominator, well, lowest was, hanging fruit. Well, it was just the, the, the barest of stories you needed to justify him killing all, all the, the killing. people he was killing. Yeah. That's it. it. 2018 was a huge departure for that. I love that it appears that that direction is continuing. Well, I don't see why it wouldn't. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's that was the new team yep. doing their thing. Yep. So this game looks awesome. It's still on target for November 9th. That was the other thing that was very reassuring um, about this trailer is they reconfirmed the release date. I don't think any delays are going to happen at this point. And there's a controller. Yep. Which I definitely am not going to buy. Here it is. Um, Pretty gaudy. Yeah, not not great. (laughs) Not very appealing. It's also pretty rare. Do you think they're just waiting to announce the console that matches it? No, there won't you, be a console. Really? You think it's just no. going to be the controller? They can't even get the regular ones out. There's right. not going to be a PS5 to match this. No. Huh. It seems weird to release a controller that's themed like that and not have the console to match. But really, all you need, I guess, are uh, purple plates. Yeah. And it would match. That's it. And they already have those. So I guess, really, you can build a console that will match the controller. But yeah, the Howling Wolves there, I don't know. Yeah. The Wolves definitely have a lot to do with this game. Yeah, I mean that that's is, probably the biggest takeaway of everything that was shown at the state of play wolves is the and wolves. Rag, wolves and Ragnarok are like uh, chocolate peas, and peas peanut and carrots. Butter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, if you There's want, Fenrir. if you want some hints on the story for this game, just look up some of the stuff behind Ragnarok related to the wolves, and I think it'll get you onto the right path at the very least. Um, another game that was blown out in the state of play, Tekken Eight. We had got that goofy teaser trailer for it before. We didn't know if it was going to be called Tekken 8. It is called Tekken 8. Um, IGN also had an exclusive interview 
about the game. And I'm going to share some information. That was a part of that interview. It is curated on Sifted if you want to read it. And as always, when I cite information from something, I always recommend that you go and check out the source that I'm citing the information from because they did the work. Um, this trailer is Kazuya and Jin battling in a storm like along the ocean. Like there's waves crashing and all this other crazy stuff going on. Um, so once again, Jin is fighting against his father. It's the, the plot, according to the interview with IGN, just focuses more on the Mishima blood feud, which is, has really just been nonsense all along. But boy, do they take it seriously, Matt. It really is crazy how we look at the story in Tekken as a joke and something to make fun of. And they take it deathly serious. Uh-huh. They think it's very important. They think the fans actually care about it. I'm just like, no. Dude, the stories in your games are a joke that we laugh at. We don't take them seriously, but they do. They are all over it. Um, the entire franchise has been has been rebuilt for Unreal 5. Like, every character model, every effect, everything has been completely redone from scratch for Tekken 8, um, including the rain and the water effects and how they roll down the character models. All this stuff is happening in real time. Not only does water and stuff run down the character models, if the characters fall down on the ground, their clothing and their skin gets dirty, so it actually picks up debris and things from the environment that sticks then to the character models, which is pretty interesting. Um, Guest characters are coming back. They haven't completely shared exactly what that means, um, but they talked about how they've worked with Nintendo on Smash Brothers and how they feel like that partnership has been great and they want to reciprocate that. It's not the first time that Tekken will have guest characters. I mean, I think Akuma is definitely coming back. Yeah, but um, they are already hinting that that will be a thing for Tekken Mm -hmm. 8. Um, And then some final notes, no rollback code, net code. At least they're not willing to talk about it yet. It was brought up by IGN's uh, journalist and they didn't want to talk about it. So Hmm. do you find that weird? It is a little weird. Yeah. Like, I think uh, you'd think that'd be a priority, but maybe they just have other... Maybe they're working on stuff before they want to talk about it. It's possible. Um, Might be something you want to do a closed beta on before you start getting into. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, and then finally, there's no word on any mechanics changes or if the rage system will return. I don't know if you noticed in this trailer, there's this weird like muscular thing going on where yeah. they show muscles flex... Before they deliver blows, I don't know if that's some kind of a new mechanic that's going to be in the game. Usually, when you have these elaborate, like cinematic trailers, even though it may not be an engine, although I do believe this is an engine, by the way. Yeah, it is an engine. Even though sometimes they may not be, they will be hinting at features that are actually going to be in the game. And I have a feeling that that muscular thing that they're showing in this might be one of those things. I don't know. That's just a guess. Are you excited for Tekken 8? No. Are you surprised how big Tekken 7 became? A little bit. Me too. I really kind of thought the franchise was done. It seemed done for a while. And then... 7 really... I mean, look, I'm not a Tekken fan, really. Um, You don't like to juggle, Matt? No, I don't. I think it it looks and feels stupid. But but I will say that, you know, I played Tekken 7 uh, once it became really cheap. Uh, and it definitely feels the best of any of the Tekkens. Uh, I think they, they, it's, it's smooth and it, and it works. And I, I, I kind of got a little bit into it for a while. Um, it's esports has it taken was, off. Uh, it, it's more interesting to watch. I mean, I remember back when I first started doing the tournament stuff for G4 and stuff back in like 2008, 2009. The Tekken finals was when everyone went and got dinner. 
Yeah. Like it was like, okay, it's time to all the, all the 2d fighting people would be like, like you, you'd see like Justin Wong come up after that Tekken started and come up to all of us and be like, okay, let's go get dinner. Cause Tekken's on. And yeah. Like, yeah. That was basically what was happening. <laughs> and, um, not anymore. And now, now everybody wants to stay and watch Tekken cause Tekken's exciting again. Like, yeah. Tekken seven made Tekken exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they've really turned it around. Even as someone who doesn't really care about Tekken, like I look at Tekken seven and then Tekken eight and I'm just like, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. it might not really be for me, but, like, I get it. Yeah. Uh, it's not a thing I could really say about Tekken before that. Yep. And it's next-gen only, I should have mentioned, by the way. Yeah, it's a little obvious. By the way, when we, when we mention Unreal Engine 5, yeah. 99 times out of 100, that means that it's next-gen only. That's just, it's a dog whistle, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that old-gen consoles struggle to run Unreal Engine 5. So... Anytime we bring up Unreal Engine 5, just assume that the game is probably going to be PS5 and Xbox Series only and PC. And that is the case with Tekken 8. Are you excited for it at all after hearing learn, after learning some of this stuff, Matt? No, but I'm I'll I'll look at it. Yeah. Like I'll watch I'll watch the grand finals at Evo. You know, like I'm, I, I probably this, will not play Tekken 8 to any great degree. For most of my casual friends that still enjoy playing games, Tekken is their favorite fighting franchise. And that goes all the way back to I the mean, Tekken, OG PlayStation. No, I think that's that's seemed pretty accurate from my experience too. In part because look, Tekken's very mash friendly. It like is, you can yeah. you can just wham whack some buttons and some cool shit comes out. I bet you I can whoop your ass with Eddie Goro without looking at the screen. I would be surprised by that. Like not you, yeah. but I think the most casual players, I oh, can button yeah. mash Eddie Goro and whoop their ass. He's very deceptive. Yes, he's very easy to button mash and destroy with. Like. Yeah, I'm not the world's biggest Tekken fan, but it is kind of a fun, mindless fighter to play with your casual friends. Mm-hmm. So, and they love it. And Tekken 7 sold very well, and there's definitely a huge audience for it. So I anticipate Tekken 8 to do very well as well. Uh, next up, a little indie game that Sony showed during its state of play, a game called Pacific Drive. Reminds me, giving me Kentucky Route Zero vibes. What? No. Well, Kentucky Route Zero is a point-and-click adventure game with, like, almost 8-bit graphics. So no, 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 I get it. I'm just saying, like, the setting and... No. No? Okay. Kentucky Route Zero is a magical realism, like, fantasy game. Yeah. And this is, like, seems to be outrunning a reality storm of some kind. I can't figure it out, dude. So they describe the game as a run-based, first-person, driving survival game. As a what-based? A run, run as in based. running, okay. a run-based first I think, person. I think they mean like on a run, like, like you're on got to make a run yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, like you're delivering something or you're something. picking like. something up or foraging for supplies yeah. or whatever. And then the description that they supplied reads, as a true road, like your car is your only companion. Based out of an, an abandoned garage, you'll be repairing, upgrading, and outfitting it to stay safe from all the dangers that surround you each excursion into the zone. So there's your runs, each excursion. Mm-hmm. Together, the two of you will drive deep into the surreal woods of the Pacific Northwest, chase long-forgotten mysteries, and encounter strange and dangerous anomalies, all as you make your way to the heart of the Olympic Exclusion Zone. And again, they call it a first-person, run-based, driving survival game. (laughs) Uh, Form a unique bond with a fully customizable car that develops its own quirks and personality. So like Christine... A tense driving from behind the wheel with moments of vulnerability when you step out to gather resources and make repairs. Um, from your upgradable garage, each repeatable trip into the zone is unique and randomized. So there's a little bit of uh, rogue elements or roguelite elements in, in it. Yeah, they, they call it a road-like. 
uh, road-like. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, randomized- seems, it seems to be some kind of like anomaly. Like it, I thought of Half-Life because mm. it has like that thing where like so, that something is because at some point in this trailer you see that you basically shift to another dimension mm-hmm. and the car gets all Mad Maxy. And, oh right, yeah, that's and, true. Like, you're driving through like slime puddles and shit. Like, it, it's a grocery getter right now, but then it looks almost like a spaceship. Yeah, you seem to. Well, the modifications seem to only some some of them seem to only apply in the other world. Hmm. So interesting. Um, unravel a long-forgotten mystery of the Olympic exclusion zone as you explore a surreal and anomaly-filled version of the Pacific Northwest with an original score by Wilbert Roger um, and featuring 15-plus licensed songs. Excited about this at all, Matt? I'm interested. Yeah, it's definitely a unique idea or unique yeah. twist on the formula, the roguelite formula. Um, and it does look to be story-driven, story-based, which could give it an, another nice little spin. And uh, I don't know, the hints at the story in this have piqued my interest, I guess is the best way to put mm-hmm. it. Looks pretty cool. Again, that's called Pacific Drive. And then next up, from Team Ninja, comes Rise of the Ronin, which is coming in 2024. It is a PlayStation 5 console exclusive for right now. It is a new open world game, open world, from Team Ninja. It's an action RPG set in Edo, Japan, which some people call Bakamatsu, which is the very end of the Edo period in Japan. You play as a ronin, a warrior free from all masters and bonds. And as your destiny intertwines with story characters, you take part in an immersive combat-focused action experience. Um, Again, it's an open world action RPG. It takes place in Japan at a time of great change. This is their Assassin's Creed. Basically. It is, yeah. It is. It is the very end of a 300-year-long Edo period, commonly known as Bakamatsu, which is essentially late 19th century Japan. It's the end of the samurai. Yeah, it's apparently the, like, the darkest period of Japan's history, a time mm-hmm. of like transformative change and whatnot. Um, as the country struggles with its oppressive rulers and deadly diseases while western influence permeates as civil war continues to rage between the tokugawa i can't even read this tokugawa shogunate 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 i've usually heard it pronounced okay and the anti-shogunate factions immerse yourself in a historically inspired world while bringing together its renowned combat action with katanas and firearms that depicts the unique personality of the time period. Each decision you make will matter. So this game also has a plot where you make decisions and it changes the ultimate outcome. They didn't go into a lot of detail about how all that stuff works. You think people are going to be interested in this game, Matt? Yeah. Really? Uh, samurai and ancient, yeah, old Japan and flying around and ship stuff yeah like i think this will you know this is kind of the assassin's creed people have been asking for forever except i think this is probably gonna be out before project red hmm i don't know man i don't know if this has got a hook like i know J- people in japan will love this it. is the best thing in t- at uh in this whole state of play other than god of war yeah i mean i'm sure it is but and i don't mean that as a, as a rip on the state of play i mean yeah this is i'm very very interested in this uh which even after uh another thing i played by them this week which we'll so, talk about in a minute but so, uh no i this is this looks really really good i agree that it looks good to us i don't know if it's going to be a mass market success but it will if they advertise it properly you think absolutely but i don't know if they will you know huh. like that's going to require some synergy you know 
Sort I of mean, in the same way as like uh, Forspoken, you know, like that could probably be a big hit if you advertise it on football correctly or something. Yeah, you know, like but like I don't know what it depends what kind of marketing campaign this thing gets. I mean, I'll be honest, Ghost of Tsushima has changed my perspective on what Western audiences are interested in and what they'll accept and they'll buy. Ghost of Tsushima was a big hit. Right. That's what I'm saying. It changed. Like, I used to think that games like that would never sell in the West. But now that Ghost of Tsushima has done well, I, my mind is open for games like this doing well. I I don't know. I just wonder, Ghost of Tsushima had so much hype because it was a PlayStation exclusive, which, by the way, so is this one. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see once it starts going through its marketing cycle if people are picking up on it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really see where your skepticism is coming from on this. The only thing I would question is like whether Sony will put their full muscle behind it. Yeah, if they'll actually dedicate the marketing dollars to it. Because, again, its franchise competes with this, basically. Well, I'm not worried. I don't think that is the issue. The issue is, like, as not an in-house product, are they going to... Right. But apparently they are working, you know, Sony, uh, was it, U- UDX or whatever, they're, they're working with them on this. So it is kind of a partly, sort of like party. Forspoken was. They're, they're kind mm-hmm. of in partnership. Okay. Even though there's a PC version. Yeah. So, I agree with you, though. It looks great. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's amazing. It's taken this long for Team Ninja to finally create a true open world game. Yeah, we'll see. They've been well, inching that way. It's for... going to matter on that, and it's also going to matter how accessible the combat system is. Like, yeah. are they going to do another weirdo Neo? Like, you got to study to figure out how all these systems inter- interact with each other, or is it going to be more of an Assassin's Creed thing where it's like, or Ghost of Tsushima, where it's like, okay, there's some nuance here, but you can figure it out in 20 minutes, and there you go. It looks like Bloodborne to me because it has the swords plus the guns. And the guns are like old school, like musket well, style. It looks like Assassin's Creed to me because it has swords and guns. Yeah. Like, well, okay. that's what they did in that same period. And I mean, Assassin's Creed was 100 years earlier, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just what that is. I wonder too if this game is going to be like a Souls like. Like every no. encounter could take your I life. Like I don't see that in this. Yeah. No. I see this as more their take on Assassin's Creed. Okay. They're already doing a Souls like. Which, which we'll get to. Um, and if that's true, I'm more excited for this game than most of Team Ninja's games. If it is just yeah, more. I do not believe this is a Souls-like. Okay. And it and to be fair, it was not pushed as a Souls-like no. either. So, um, I just, I don't know. Again, Ghost of Tsushima throws a wrench in my thinking. Is that, you know, my thinking is that, like, games set in ancient Japan generally wouldn't do that well in the West. But Ghost of Tsushima with... Sony's marketing muscle, as you brought up, did very, very well. So it's possible. Uh, next up, a smaller game called Stellar Blade. This game was formerly called Eve or Project, Project Eve. Project Eve. Yeah. Um, and it was around for quite a while as Project Eve. Um, but that seems to be happening more and more frequently lately, Matt, where you have a game that you promote for a long time, and then at the last minute... You change his title and you're no worse for the wear. Anything with project in it is not going to be the final title. Yeah, generally, yeah. Um, one of the unique features of this game is that weapons fuse to the characters. So there's kind of a symbiotic relationship between weapons and the protagonists in this, where they, the weapons are almost absorbed and become a part of the character. Um, the plot of the game follows Eve on her quest to save Earth from an overwhelming foe. That's, that's the sentence right. that they <laughs> doesn't provide a whole lot of detail. Um, this looks astoundingly generic. It really does. And so I was talking er- just a minute ago about how Team Ninja's game has sword and gun. This game also has sword and gun, but in the style of a Devil May Cry. It's a yeah. more fast-paced, 
Hack well, and slash. It's in, the, it's in the style of like, okay, somebody with a sword fighting a big nondescript blob cyborg meat monster. Like, <laughs> enough. Yeah. Enough with this shit. Like, yeah. I, I, I could not tell you what game those enemies are from. Yeah. They're from every Devil May Cry like in existence at this point. Yeah. Like, they, they, they what is that? What am I looking at? It's another big blob of meat with like <laughs> glowing arm things. Like, who cares? But you who can see cares? where I'm getting the Devil May Cry stuff from. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's a character action game pedigree for and, sure. And she'll hack it up and then she'll finish it off with like a shot, a gun blast over the shoulder or whatever. Yeah, just, like, there's not a single thing in this I haven't seen in 14 other games. I agree a thousand percent. This is also a PS5 console exclusive. This is not coming, yeah. at least initially, to any other console platform. I mean, it looks nice, like graphic quality wise yeah. but like i there's nothing in here of interest to me yeah it's pretty generic i guess that's the best way to describe it but you know you have to have games like this too to fill in those yeah, holes your, your b-listers when you don't have those triple a whatever quad a as sony likes to call them games coming out on a consistent basis and that has definitely been the case with playstation 5 so far so they definitely need some more games like that and then the final thing that they showed was hogwarts legacy PlayStation has some kind of a deal set up with Hogwarts Legacy, and there's a PlayStation exclusive mission that's in the game, and that was sort of the big thing that they showed for the state of play. But really, it just seemed like they're like, oh, we partnered up with this game. We need it to do well. Let's make sure that we show it in our state of play. And this game is coming pretty soon as well. Not long to wait for that. AJ the Legend Watson is asking if the last, if um, Stellar Blade had any relationship to Parasite Eve, and it does not. No. It's not Square. It's not even published by Square, um, which would have to be a requirement. Like, another studio could make that game, but it would be under the Square Enix banner in some way, shape, or form. So, no, not related to Parasite Eve, although I do understand where he is getting that and why he is asking that question, because it does look similar. Like, the color palette of the game looks similar to Parasite Eve. So, I know where you're getting that question, but it is not related to it at all. Are you excited for Hogwarts Legacy after all of this, Matt? No. No. I mean, it does look pretty cool, but, like, I don't want to support J.K. Rowling. And her yeah. It puts, I think so. everyone's being put in a tough spot here, but I'm going to play it. Um, I mean, hopefully we just get codes for it so we don't have, don't to, have to give actually any give money. any money to them for it. That would be nice. I'll start working on that right now, Matt. See if I can make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that is Sony's state of play. Pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. For middle of September or whatever, yeah, state of play. A, just a little update. God of War is still coming in November. Here's some other stuff that's coming up. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a really bad year for PlayStation. Eh. Been not a lot to say about anyone, really. Yeah, I mean, I Nintendo's think Nintendo's the, had a pretty Nintendo's the only year. one who's gotten regular exclusives out in any yeah. capacity. I mean, Xbox has been abysmal. Oh, but yeah. PlayStation's been bad. Yeah. But better than Xbox. <laughs> not saying much. It's been a rough year. I mean, it's just been a terrible year. After the first couple months of the year, it's just been, it's been awful. Trying to put shows together and like, mm-hmm. that's what tells you really, like if it's been a good year or a bad year, is if you have to put shows together like Game Face. It's like, how much are you struggling week in and week out to make it interesting and make it fun? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess the, the litmus for me is, is, I guess is that like, most of this year I've struggled to sort of care about playing the new things I need to play to talk about them on the show. I'd rather just play another thing I'm not done with yet. Yeah. Because the new things haven't been that exciting yeah. for the most part of the year. It's just true. So I hear you. 
But next year is going to be the exact opposite, where we're just like overwhelmed. So we hope it's, it's interesting how really it's really sitting a, a stretch here where it's going to be a little more, you know, a little more interesting stuff coming week after week. Yep, yep. We're about to hit our stride, which is good. So anyway, there you go. That's Sony State of Play. Next up, the game that we've just hinted at it like five different times. Um, we've been mentioning this other Team Ninja game that we played that we are going to discuss, and that game is Wo Long fallen destiny now this is a souls like this is i feel like it's going to be the replacement for team ninja's other souls like that has done surprisingly well though i would add um why do you why is team ninja making so many games like this um i guess because they, they can do them well or yeah it's kind of their wheelhouse is combat systems and they can you know the the, 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 the format is a pretty obvious fit for their expertise mm -hmm. um and this is sort of a you know there's definitely some neo to this yeah but uh it's set in the you know the three kingdoms yep. period um i hate this game <laughs> like, I, that's I, been waiting all episode I do, to say i this. really really don't like this and i was surprised because i was excited about i thought this looked really cool when they first showed it there's a right by the way people there's a demo of this yeah. out right now that um was released during tokyo game show you can go and play it yourself if you want to it's not a huge download i think it's like 15 gigs or something yeah, this, like that. this game is absolutely not for me which um, shocks me matt because it it feels like sekiro to me it in a feels lot of ways. like Sekiro made out of butter. To oh, me. really? Like everything's too slippery. Everything's too slidey. The lock-on is bullshit. The lock-on is really he misses annoying, all the time, dude. Yeah. Like you, you I'm. I, I you found know, that too. I do the dot. You know, the the, the last-minute dodge thing, and I do the com and like there, she's hitting to the side. Like, yeah. We're fighting in a circle around each other. It's terrible. I've had that same problem. And I know that eventually I would learn that if I you know stuck with it and figured out the nuances of the combat system, but I don't want to. Like I've done it, I've done that enough for Team Ninja games. I've done it enough. I've already just did it for Steel Rising, and it's a, the opposite of Steel Rising. Steel Rising feels too stiff, mm -hmm. whereas this They're feels on opposite too ends. loose. <laughs> and I I don't feel like I I have control over the character properly, uh, and I don't care to learn. Huh. So I'm, I deleted this game. I uninstalled this game after 20 minutes. I'm done. Really? I, I do not. So care. I played it more than you did. Yeah. Like you I see here summons here. Like you can yeah. summon like these spirits. It looks cool. There's some cool stuff in here. I, li I like a lot of what they're after, but I just do not like the combat at all. I so hmm. I'm torn on the combat because I like that the combat. No, is... sneaky. It's not going to be fixed. The demo is the game. Like, they're so? not going to overhaul the combat system between now and whenever this thing gets really like Probably that not. never ever happens. They'll tweak it, but they're not going to completely change how the combat no, system works. Not at all. And there's you, I, you'd have to redesign this from the ground up to get me interested again. Like I don't. I mean, the, the lock on is a problem and annoying, but like I don't like how this feels to play. Like period. So and I feel th like that's not going to change between demo and final release. Here, here's my take on the combat in this. I feel like it's responsive and quick, kind of like Sekiro. But I don't feel anything when I'm landing blows. Yeah, absolutely. And a part of that is that the enemies do block a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, like, almost are, annoyingly if you, so. If you want a Souls game where the enemy, every, even the low, lowliest enemy is smart enough to give you like a fight, yeah. you, you're going to want to check this out. These um, first couple guys that you run into can kill you. Yeah. If, if, Easily. And, and Sekiro has that. Yeah. You know, there's some of that. But I, the, the combat in Sekiro is just a very satisfying thing that feels very solid and weighty and you know when you're hitting something and you know when something's hitting you and this is just 
it's just everything feels like it's covered in in grease yeah i I think it's too slippery you end up fighting like like rank and file guys some of the fights take way too long like you're just i just felt like i was messing around with these chuds for like way too long i'm like why is this fight lasting forever like i don't know if it's like i never figured out what i could do as the player to end the fights more quickly but yeah, just, I mean, you can sneak up on them and backstab them. Yeah, but some some you just can't do that. With yeah, they, they're, they're facing, facing the forward way. when you come in. T- you meet them um, for the first time. And like it's just you know, and I think the 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 loosey goosey lock on aiming is so that you can attack enemies who are you're not locked onto because they do surround you sometimes. But I don't like that. I would rather just I would rather and also you got to double tap uh, the square the circle button to dodge. Yeah, which that's a puts little bit a annoying. Whole new speed like you can't you, you can't instant dodge. Then you're trying to block, but if you're not trying to block, and then like I also think the red dot that appears when they're about to do their unblockable attack is way too similar to the red dot that appears when you have dropped their stamina to nothing. Yeah. Um, it, I just this this game left me ice cold, just in, in a way that I was shocked by because I was so ready to play this. Like, oh, I, I thought you were gonna come on in the show and gush about it. No, I I, I, <laughs> I thought I would have to sit here. I and be will like, not. I, don't know, I will man. not play this when it comes out. I am not paying money for this game. No, I'm done. I'm done with the with the post. I think I'm done with post. Um, um, no, I forgot his name. Now the team ninja guy, Hayashi, the weird guy. Oh, Itagaki. Itagaki. I'm, I'm done with post Itagaki team like, ninja high end combat systems from Team Ninja. <laughs> like I don't like what I don't like how they do these. So, Neo Neo was was kind of similar but not as bad to me. Like I I felt like I was having to struggle with learning the ins and outs of it. And I'm not going to do that again for this. See what I was saying about Rise. And of I'll the be Ronin. honest, if Rise of the Ronin does the same thing, I'm out on that too. But <laughs> it doesn't look like that's what's happening there. I think they're making a Ghost of Tsushima kind of thing. What I was saying about Rise of the Ronin also kind of applies to this like i i just wonder if the appeal is i think the appeal is there if you can like make the it romance playable. of the kingdom stuff like i just don't feel like that well resonates. that's not remotely the same as a samurai thing yeah um samurai have a, a much more inherent appeal in the west uh, yeah. this i think this would have but like i think most your average person especially people who are not well acquainted with soul stuff are gonna start playing this and not understand why they can't get past the third guy yeah it's not neo no, it's not Neo, and and it seems more. I mean, you do fight monsters like the. Yeah. the, the I gave the first mini boss one shot at me, and I was like, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just done. Was that the tiger thing? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not. It's it's not a long demo. I think it's only like an hour if you just burn through it. But being able to burn through it is part of the trick there. Um, well, here. So here's the thing, Matt. Is and once again, they're just throwing. The tutorial is useless. They're not teaching you like basic ins and outs of things. You have to learn them on the fly, and I just don't want to do that right now. Especially not in a demo that isn't going to carry over. Even if I did like the game, um, the stamina stuff is a weird idea. Sometimes you die and can come back, and sometimes you can't. And it doesn't explain that. Like I don't get it. I don't care. Huh. Like it, it's just just not interesting. I'm just going to play Elden Ring. That's part of the problem this year. Also, is every time you throw like a, a lesser Souls like at me, I'm like, why wouldn't I just play Elden Ring again? Well, I haven't even finished Elden Ring, so why wouldn't I just go back and play Elden right. Ring more? Like I can just <laughs> go play. I can this. go play a way better version of this. You know, because I love the world and the fantasy of Elden Ring way more than this or Neo or Rise of the Ronin. I just do. Mm-hmm. Like, but Rise of the Ronin again. I don't think that's going to be this kind of game. Yeah, I don't either. So, I mean, as far as combat is concerned, where you're fighting the same guy like five times before but you the finally Souls, beat him. Souls game needs basically three things for me. It needs to needs to do something that Souls the, the From games don't already do. 
and technically setting this in this era with like these kinds of weapons and combat is is something different um it needs to have a combat system that is interesting to me and something that i care to learn which this does not and it needs to have its own spin on things and this sort of does like the leveling up is is weird it's more i guess it's more sekiro leveling up in the sense that like you're not leveling up the character directly so much as you're leveling up different aspects of combat style, yeah. which is like you basically pick the one you 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 identify with the best, and that's the kind of thing you can focus on with like you know other stuff. I don't know. Like it was, mm. oh, and that didn't work for me. Yeah, what does it do? Uh, I could never figure out. No, what it's I mean that's to like do. that's like online stuff. None of that would even show up because every time it tried to load th- that, it would like say like it popped up a thing that said this is not available right now, or, oh. it, or like it tried and failed. Please try again later. Again, it wasn't like the game popping that up. It was the system popping that up. Interesting. Like it, I played this on Xbox, huh? And it would pop up that like unavailable thing try again later you normally get when you try to do something online or, yeah, or try yeah. to get the, it would pop that up every time i get to a place there where once i because i'm like what is happening when that because the game wouldn't crash it wouldn't stop working you know it just kept playing once i went also that would pop up during fights which was a problem huh. but like um and then i found out that that was where it was showing like the graves of other players and stuff so i guess that is not working properly on the xbox i don't understand camera. how you're supposed to what the point of them being there i don't know for. I mean, I never got to see it myself. Because so there's know. not notes or anything there. Like, it's just, okay, I mean, this person died here. Yeah, I mean, that's, normally that's in, like in Souls it. games, you just get to see a ghost of what they did and how they died. Yeah, and this is just nothing. There's a, there are flags sitting there. Like, I don't know. Matt, I got frustrated with this. I got frustrated with fighting the same seven or eight guys over and over again. So what I did was I just ran. I just ran through classic souls. the whole stage. I ran all the way to the tiger boss, fought the tiger boss, got him to where he was almost dead, Started getting my butt beat, just ran again. And I just ran through the whole game. Like, there's no repercussions for doing it. And I don't know if maybe that's just set up in the demo that they're like, okay, once you're 50 yards away from an enemy, they forget about you. I don't know. But, dude, I just ran through the whole game. And there was nothing to stop me from doing it. And I like, mean, that, you can do that in Dark Souls, but usually you hit a boss or something where you have to actually sit and fight a guy. Yeah. Um, I never found that in this. Maybe mm-hmm. that you do get to that point. But, like, that tiger sub-boss, like, you can initiate that fight and then run away and part of the you're not trapped in the arena right and part of it is like they want you to kind of explore and fight all the people because that's how you raise your spirit level which makes you you more likely to be able to take on the tiger boss yeah um what i did was i just build up my summit it's just so tedious (laughs) i just don't want to and like mm. i just ran around and built up my summon and then as soon as the fight with the tiger started i just unleashed my summon and yeah. the summon took out like ninety yeah, percent of its summon, help. Summon help. This is like, I don't. God, I don't care. I just, <laughs> like you know, like if this, you know, if this looks like your thing, it's a demo. Play it. See, it might be exactly what you've been waiting for. But this is absolutely not for me in any respect. Like I am. Well, you know, it's not for me. <laughs> no, I mean, I thought it, I thought you might like it more, just in the sense that there's no real stamina meter. But to your point about Elden Ring, like. I don't know. Like, after I've got to over the hump with Elden Ring, I, I agree with you. I would do the same thing. Instead of playing one of these games, I would go back and play more Elden Ring. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna play more Elden Ring or play either of these games. But if someone's gonna hold a gun to your head. I would choose Elden Ring. Yeah. Absolutely. I just love the setting and everything more in Elden Ring than these games that are set yeah. in, like, ancient Asian culture. I just, I have no connection to this stuff at all, like, other than watching, like, kung fu movies when I was a kid or whatever. Like, this stuff just doesn't resonate with me. It's why I never could get really really through much of Neo. Like, 
I have to have some kind of a motivation, particularly when I'm playing a genre that I'm not really a fan of and I don't really enjoy playing. If I don't have like the sinewy um, tissue there to hold it all together for me, I just don't care at all. Like this game in particular, like I was like, I never dreamed that I would spend more time playing this than you did. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to play enough so I don't sound like an idiot when I discuss it with Matt, because I know Matt is probably going to play this all the way to the end. He will have beaten all these bosses and like, I won't have to worry about it. (laughs) Nope. I had no time for this guy's bullshit. Yeah. That was that I'm done. Bunko says it looks like Neo, but in daylight. <laughs> yeah, I guess I I found Neo. I mean, look, I didn't play Neo to the end either, but I found Neo's combat to be way more reliable and less slippery than this. Like I just I just does not feel good to me to yeah. play at all. And Swanland asks, "Is this?" And I feel uh, bad for being as hard on Steel Rising as I was for being stiff. When like in the end, it's like I guess stiff is better than feeling like you're trying to control someone on ice skates. Yeah. <laughs> Swanland's asking if this was captured from the demo. Yes, this is me playing the demo horribly. If you haven't figured that part out by now, uh, but you're right, Matt. Like the tutorial teaches you the Tutorial's basics. Garbage. It teaches and you like, the basics, but it doesn't really teach you how to manage the game. No, no, it doesn't teach you how the systems work or the individual. I and I wondered, like, it feels like this demo starts after the beginning of the game. It, it does. Feel, it feels like you're because you're already level ten, which is also probably why your save doesn't carry over. That, that would explain, yeah. I mean, nine times out of ten, if the only time a demo's save state carries over is, it means that you're starting at the beginning of the yeah. game. And this, like, I agree with you. I don't think that this does. No, it, it feels like you're in the middle of something when when it starts, and like you're already level ten in whatever aspect of the character you've chosen as your focus, and like it just feels like you've gone through stuff where you're. It feels like you're in an area where you're expected to know more about the combat system than they've told you, even if you do pick the tutorial, um, where they teach you very basic stuff about how the spirit thing works and how to attack and basic controls. There's flasks, just like Flas- in that, yeah, Souls. Yeah, flasks. <laughs> And they teach you vaguely what the battle flags do, which are the bonfires. Yeah, um, here's me. Which gives you, like, basically uh, it basically ups your the lowest morale you can have in the area. Like, so every time you die, you lose morale. I think half of your, uh, what is it? And then there's this flag that's that you saw me playing. It's, it's called something like real chi or something like that. Something yeah. like, that's what you use to level. That's your souls. So you only lose half of your souls in this when you die. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, no, I just don't care. And then you saw me planting the flag there that gives you like permanent a, a permanent ability upgrade. Yeah, that raises the like I said that raises the lowest level your spirit can drop to when you die. Oh, uh, okay. So the more flags you put up, the, the less, more the, the less you lose. You're not going to drop die. to zero anymore. You'll drop to one or two or whatever. Gotcha. Like. And then you got to go back to find the guy who killed you and get your spirit back, get your morale back. Yep. Um, which is actually an interesting sort of one of the few reimplementations I've ever seen of sort of like the nemesis system from Mordor. Yeah. Where like true. the guy who kills you becomes more powerful. Yeah. Um, Actually, it's a game we're going to talk about in a bit where that also happens. Mm. It's um, interesting. Like a lot of interesting ideas in this, but I hate the way it feels to play. So that's, I felt that's confused and overwhelmed by this demo. I would agree with that. Like I, I feel like I'm, there's a lot of stuff it wasn't telling me, a lot of stuff that I wasn't on onboarded onto Correctly, properly. Yeah. Um, which again, I feel like that is true with. Um, uh, Neo to Neo, some degree as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, okay, sure. Yeah, my interest in this is not very high after playing the demo. It accomplished the opposite of what demos are supposed to accomplish. Yeah, I probably would have jumped in on this when it came out if I hadn't played this, but now the idea of paying $70 for this is ridiculous to me. Yeah. 
Um, I saw somebody was asking something else. Nexus Batty, that footage almost gave me a headache. Mm, dodging felt like there was no invincibility frames. I don't think there are. There aren't because the way the the there you can either tap circle slash B. Uh, you can either tap it once to do like a, a I guess this sidestep thing, which like does make you invincible to damage, mm -hmm. and then gives you kind of flanking position. But a lot of times when I did that, instead of hitting the enemy, she would just start f hitting to her right or her left mm -hmm. and miss the guy completely. Yeah. And then he'd try to attack me and miss me, and we'd like fight in a circle around each other until someone turned properly to actually hit somebody with us. It was really weird. Um, you also can't that, outrun you, you do, some of the enemies in this. Yeah, but you do the, the you hit that once, and that that's your kind of invincibility dodge. And then if you tap it twice, you do the dodge the dodge spin. Which is which, what I was doing most of the time. Which does not seem to, which moves you further away from the enemy, but does not seem to... Um, it doesn't set you up for counters. It doesn't set you up, and it doesn't seem to have any iframes. Yeah. Uh, or at least not that I could find. Yeah. So it's kind of useless. useless. Yep. Um, Other than getting out. And then out. you've also got uh, left bumper is just a straight-up block, but you cannot block the attacks that have the, the red... Uh, yep. the red glow you have to either dodge those or do the single button timed dodge but then you have to learn the timing on every single enemy's red attack which i'm like and that's when i, I uninstalled the fucking game the windows like, it's just like come on yeah. like, give me a break yeah like, like team ninja sometimes especially in the modern day seems to treat playing their games as a full-time job and i'm not here for that yeah uh there's a lot of people complaining about the game uh, some played it some just watched the footage um, Delfino109 says, I hope they touch, they, uh, they retouch their animation speed because even without the posture system, it's too fast, to, it's too fast and the tells are insufficient. Yeah. Some attacks are so fast, it's too segmenting into an audience, even if you like those games. Yeah, you'd have, you'd have to learn everybody's animation frames in this, which is like, the only games I do anything even remotely like that in are, uh, fighting games. Barry Lomax, I did the same as Matt. I rage quit hard once the tiger shot me. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing, too, about that tiger is his attack animations are like eight attacks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to your point about dropping you, I believe, I agree with you, into the middle of the game instead of the beginning of the game. Um, I, I, I agree with you. Like, they created that little patch of grass for the tutorial, and they're like, okay, and we're just going to drop you into, like, the middle of the game. I, I felt that as well. Uh, Vincent says it'll be on Game Pass, so you don't won't have to pay for it. Thank God. Um but yeah, I was pretty disappointed in uh, Wo Long Fallen Dynasty. I'm not really interested in the subject matter, and, the, the and I'm not saying, a Souls player. And so. the chat saying it's like it's like they want you to parry. Yeah, they want you to do the the time dodge parry sidestep thing. Uh, but the timing on it is ridiculously narrow, and pulling it off sucks. Pulling yeah. it off doesn't feel good. Like that's the thing about what Sekiro was genius was when you pulled that parry off, it felt it good. did feel right. Yeah. And following up felt good, and it doesn't in this. Yeah, and, I agree. And Again, uh, uh, you know, an adjustment of the Elder Scrolls argument. I'm just going to play Sekiro again. Yeah. Why would I play this when I could just play Sekiro again? Yeah. Sekiro is a better game already. And like, there's nothing to say that I wouldn't play a lesser game. I play Steel Rising more. Yeah. It's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, this, you know, this is a little okay. But like, this thing, like, I would have to like sit down and watch vi like tutorial videos on this thing and figure out all the nuances. I just don't care. Yeah. Like, I, watch, I watch not enough time in my life for that. Yeah, I watched Maximilian Dude play this because I like yeah. his fighting game stuff, and he gets combat. I watched him sort of piece together how some of the combat system worked. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to learn that. I don't have any interest in being becoming good at this game. Yeah, I agree. So that's the end of it. I feel the me. same. Uh, 
Magister Cato. Thank you for Twitch Prime, man. That's awesome. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about another game I've been playing this week. Well, actually, just this weekend, because there was an open beta this weekend, although I don't think it was open. And that is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. There's a multiplayer beta going on all weekend. Matt and I got codes to jump in on it early. Was it open? Could any PlayStation owner play the beta? I don't know. Because I wonder why they... I didn't get to play it because it was closed by the time I got to, got around to trying the code. But then you said you played it that day. Yeah, I played it yesterday. On I played even more, yeah, on PlayStation hmm. 5. And I just wonder why... When I put the thing in, it said it was over. And I just wonder why Activision... Maybe that we just wouldn't let you download the client yeah. any longer. Yeah. I do wonder why Activision sent me codes if they if anybody could just join the beta. I found that weird. I thought it was closed. I thought it was too. But like it's called open beta. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, I spent a lot of time playing multiplayer. Uh, the first, two, first two days were closed. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Um, I spent a lot of time playing the uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 beta. It was... Only four modes. There was team deathmatch and domination to cover the basis of what most people end up playing. And as I've said a million times, I'm pretty much purely a team deathmatch guy. I think that's the purest form of competition in a shooter. And there were two other modes that you could play. I thought both of them were terrible. Um, again, they, it's so funny, Matt. They come up with all these modes for Call of Duty. And then you play them, and they all just become team deathmatch. Because like the, okay, so like the mo the because mo no battle plan survives contact with the enemy. The so the two and extra the enemy modes are the players. Yeah, exactly. The two extra modes in this were like one was like escort a bag of money, and the other one was escort these two people. Or you can just kill the whole other team. Hmm. And every one of these modes, that's what happens. To like SOCOM. 95 like every, times out of 100. Like every time they put a new mode in SOCOM, it was just like... It doesn't matter. No, just kill everybody. Just like, kill what? everyone. And that's how every match ends. And that's how it always ended in this game with these extra modes. So I played them a couple times, realized that they're just like all the other modes where you're defusing a bomb or trying to keep someone from defusing a bomb. They're basically just team deathmatch where people don't respawn. And that's the way those two modes were. So I ended up playing a metric dump truck load full of... Team Deathmatch and Domination throughout the weekend. And the first thing I'm going to say is I love the maps in this game. Um, I was talking about Splatoon 3 in last week's show and how I really liked all the maps in that because they were basically just symmetrical rectangles where the, no team had an advantage over the other team depending on which side that they spawned on. The three maps that they included in this were basically the same deal. Very rectangular. Um, there were nuances inside the maps, but for the most part, whichever side you started on did not determine whether you won or lost. There wasn't like a huge advantage depending on one side or the other. Uh, so I really liked the maps, but again, there were only three. And while I did get tired of the maps, Matt, what I really realized playing those three maps over and over again is that the... Most important thing in a shooter is learning the maps. It really is. Like, once you get to a certain level and your Twitch is okay and you can aim quickly and blah, 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 you're a good player. What matters the most is learning the maps. So when I first started playing, I didn't get in until like a day and a half after everyone else had been playing. I was level one. Everyone else was like the max, which was level 15. They all had a bunch of gear that they could kit themselves out with. And I got my ass kicked for the first like six hours I was playing it 
And then as I learned the maps, the table started turning. And by the time I stopped playing yesterday, I was finishing most matches with like a 1.5, 1.6, 1.7 KD. So it just shows you that really memorizing maps, learning the, the choke points, learning where people are going to run, that is the key to being good at a shooter. More than how quickly you can sight somebody up and squeeze a trigger. Um, so I did like the maps in this a lot, at least the three that they let us play. There are a couple new mechanics, although in this they have removed slide canceling, which has been a thing in this franchise for like the last five or six entries. And it's a huge thing that helps you get out of bad situations. In this, it's, it's not included. I have a feeling they may change that before the game comes out because people are freaking out about it. The other thing I would say too is that the sliding in general in this game just does not feel good. Like you don't slide far enough. It doesn't feel smooth enough. It feels like you slide like two feet and then you just stop. I don't know how to explain it. It feels weird. But there are a couple new mechanics like dolphin diving is has been added. And that is where, and I think it was in like a couple Black Ops games a long time ago where you can just run and then dive down to the ground and go prone. They brought that back for this. And then you can also hang off of ledges and use your pistol. So you can hang on a wall and just poke your head up over the wall and fire with your pistol while you're hanging on with just one hand. Huh. I did not find a lot of instances where that was actually functional. It was something that I really needed to use to be good at the game, but it's there. And but I guess if you do need it, you're going to want it. Probably. I did come across a couple points where other players were trying to use it. I think they were just experimenting with it. And then I was like, oh, I'll try it too. And it's like five of us hanging onto the same wall, just trying to see how it all worked. But I rarely ever use it as a practical means of combat in the game. Um, the weapons in the game, it is a modern warfare game. So they are modern armaments, um, which I appreciate. I like um, the recoil. Seems to be more intense in this game, and a big reason for that is because they've ditched the pick 10 system, which allowed you to attach 10 different attachments to your gun at once. And so, you know, if you're focused on lowering the recoil on your gun, you could dedicate eight of those 10 attachments to just that, to making the recoil less when you fired. You only have five attachments now in this game. It is a huge departure if you've played a lot of Call of Duty multiplayer. You have to make hard decisions. Like I found myself playing without a sight because I was like, I'd rather have those five attachments used to lower the recoil so that my gun isn't flying up 10 feet because again, the recoil on this for whatever reason seems way more extreme than the last few Call of Duty games. So I spent all five of my attachments on recoil, trying to make the gun not pop up as much when I fired it. So I hardly ever use a sight. But the other thing was, I played this all weekend and never unlocked a red dot sight. Huh. I never got the sight that I use in these games the whole time I played. Now they did have a level cap at 15, and it's coming back this weekend, and they're gonna expand that level cap up to 30, which means I should finally get a red dot sight, which is usually like the first thing that you unlock in this game. So the other thing too is that the unlocks are weird. So, but I do think improved. So there are classes of attachments now. So there's this one thing that you put on your gun that kind of changes the gun's class. And then within each one of those classes is a collection of attachments. And once you've unlocked that attachment, that attachment is unlocked 
for that whole class of guns or that whole class of attachments, so to speak. So you don't have to conceivably, you won't have to unlock the red dot site for every gun in the game. There's a class of guns. There's like four or five different classes. And once you unlock it for that class, every gun in that class will then have the ability to snap on a red dot site to it. It's a way to streamline things, but I don't like it. Like, I feel like I'm not able to build the weapon that I want to build now. I feel like I have to make concessions and sacrifice one thing for another. Some people may like that because you can't just build the gun you want and you have to be more strategic about it. Sure, I can get that. I, for one, didn't appreciate it and didn't like it all that much at all. Um, so yeah, the Pick 10 system, which has been a thing in Call of Duty for forever, is gone. Um, what else did I discover? Perks are different. Now the perks are built in like tiers. And I also, that almost feels a little bit more like a cosmetic change to me because you still are basically picking your perks from groups of perks and you have to make some hard decisions. Although some weird things have changed like dead silence, which was always a perk in the game was now changed to a field upgrade. Meaning now you have to activate it and it has a cooldown. So you can't just use dead silence throughout the entire game. It's like your big super basically now, which is weird. I mean, I'll say this, everybody did use it, and maybe that's why they're like, everyone's using this, it's it's OP. I don't know why they decided to change it, but that's a big deal. Uh, the field grades pretty much are all returning stuff, and you activate those by pressing both your shoulder buttons. There's like portable walls, deployable soldiers, like fake soldiers. There's deployable cameras that you can lay out in the field so you can monitor specific parts of the map. But for the most part, they're all stuff that we've seen before. The same goes with kill streaks. I don't think there was a single new or unique kill streak in the entire game. In a lot of ways in general, I didn't like Vanguard at all and I hardly played it, but this game allowed me to jump right back in and be good at Call of Duty like right out of the gate again. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I think that's open to interpretation and how you like to play. Personally, I prefer this way. Again, I look at these games like sports. Like I shouldn't ever go onto a football field and not remember how to throw a football or catch a football or kick a football or juke somebody or outrun somebody. I, that stuff should never be removed from football. And there are certain elements of Call of Duty that I feel like should never be removed from Call of Duty. And they have taken some of those away for this, this uh, rework of Modern Warfare 2. Um, what else? Again, I didn't like the two extra modes that they put in here, so I ended up playing a ton of Team Deathmatch and Domination. Um, you can revive your fallen teammates to get them back in the match for some modes, but obviously not for Team Deathmatch or Domination. Um, what else? The game looks good, but it also looks basically the same. There, like, There's nothing about it where I'm, okay, now... I see that this is a next-gen Call of Duty. It doesn't really look any better or worse than Vanguard or any of the last few Call of Duty games. And that might be a part and parcel of developing this game for cross-generation platforms and not developing just for next-gen. But the game looks good, but there's nothing in it that I'm like, oh my gosh, Like I haven't seen anything like this before. And this is like mind-blowing compared to the last couple Call of Duties. It really doesn't hit that way. Um, the audio I thought was great. Especially now, it's the first Call of Duty that I've been playing with my new receiver, which has been nice uh, to play with Dolby Atmos and all the new features I have in my new receiver. And the game sounds great. 
Uh, players have been complaining that the footsteps are too loud. That didn't bother me at all. I thought they were perfect and fine. Um, you still can't really hear them unless you have your stereo turn really up really high or if you're um, playing with headphones or cans on. But you can see here how much stuff you unlock if you mm -hmm. have like a good round. It's insane. It's like you can't even keep up with it. And a lot of that stuff that you're unlocking, as I said earlier, unlocks across a multiple weapons instead of just that one weapon that you're playing with, which I think is nice. Like this M4... You could this M4. You can change. You can change it from like almost an SMG that just spits out crazy amounts of bullets, but they aren't as powerful or potent. You can almost turn it into a shotgun. And so in that way, the way the Pick Five now works, it gives you more versatility per weapon, but you can't be as granular per weapon. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's been hard for me trying to formulate how I was going to discuss this. So I'm, I'm happy that I've managed to express it in a way that it makes sense. So I had fun, though. I got hooked on this. I ended up playing it most of the weekend. There was all these other demos to play that I played with varying in varying amounts. This was the one I kept coming back to. It's fast. Getting in and out of a match in this is almost too fast. Hmm. Like, you almost don't even have time to, like, check Twitter or Facebook before the next match starts. That is a secret weapon of Call of Duty that has been there for a long time, and it is there in this game. Again, liked all three maps that were in the beta. I'm hoping there will be more for next weekend, but I'll say this. I like this enough that I will be there this weekend to play it again. And as I tell you guys over and over again, add me. I am Dinfire on everything. I am playing this on PlayStation 5, though. If you want to play with me on PlayStation this coming weekend, add me. I am Dinfire. We will kick some ass in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Do you have any questions, Matt? Do you have your eternal question of, is there anything in here that's going to make me like it? No. I know the answer. Have you given that. up on that one at this point? Yeah. <laughs> um, Swanlin says, don't have time to check Twitter or Facebook. Sounds like heaven. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, I would think that would be a goal if I was making a multiplayer game. Don't give people time to think. <laughs> Just jump into the next thing. Uh, one Super Master Gamer asked, why can't you customize your operators? Deep question, but I understand why they're locked. Because this is a beta. Um, and so they only gave you... The other thing, too, is you probably saw there was like a character select screen. I only There's only in the B-roll for like five seconds, so you may have missed it. But there is a character select screen, and there are like 20 characters to choose from. But in this beta, they only let you choose one from each side. So essentially, they've just locked you off from that stuff. Um, Vincent also says that next weekend is on every platform. So this was exclusive to PlayStation this week. Next week, it'll be exclusive to Xbox. I think they'll probably have cross-platform play hooked up for it. I'm not 100% sure, though, but I will be playing on PlayStation. Um, let's see if there's any other questions about COD. Uh, Vincent asks, maybe since you weren't using a site, you weren't leveling up your site, so you didn't get the red dot. No, that's not how it works. Um, it's a good thought, but that's not how it works at all. And there were times where I was using a site. Like, I had an ACOG for a while. I had this, like, weird site that, like, zoomed in, but also, like, distorted everything. Hmm. And I was like, I, I didn't feel comfortable with that either. So I ended up just rolling without a site and just use that extra slot to get rid of more recoil on my gun. So some of you may like that. Some of you may like the fact that you can't build the exact gun that you want and that there are caveats and you have to work within the systems of what they give you. Uh, to me, it's like once you give somebody something in a franchise, it's probably stupid to ever take it away, particularly if it's not broken or it's not working. But, Matt, I just feel like at this point with Call of Duty, they just take away stuff and add stuff because they just have... What else are they going to do to make it different? Yeah. 
It's the same thing I've been talking about with Madden for years, where they like add an old feature that was there like 10 years ago, and they took it out because people hated it, and then they re-add it as a new feature, and people still hate it, and eventually it goes away again. I feel like there's some of that happening with Call of Duty at this point as well. It's like, there's nothing wrong with the Pick 10 system. There just isn't. There's a reason it lasted for like a decade, and people loved it. So, yeah. Waiting for them to bring back wall running. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You're going to have to rely on Vince and those guys to probably handle that that stuff. But um, I had fun with it. I had a good time Vince with and it. Those guys are never making one of these again. Yeah. He's, he's probably very glad he doesn't make these anymore. Uh, and I totally get it. Because as I said, they're really reaching the law of diminishing returns with the Call of Duty franchise at this point. Um, AJ the Legend asks, how was the haptic feedback with the gunplay? It was great, but I turned it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I use that stuff for the campaign. Um, I used it for the first like couple hours playing the beta, the multiplayer, and eventually, just competitively, it started to get annoying. So I just turned it off. I turned it off. I turn off all rumble on the controller when I play competitively. I don't want to feel anything in my hands. I know some people will disagree with turning off the rumble because some people like to feel the hit markers in their hands. And there was a, a period of time for me with Call of Duty that I was like that. I liked to feel when my shots were landing. But as I played it year after year after year, I got that from the visuals i didn't need the rumble anymore to tell me that stuff um so i just turn off all rumble all force feedback and just play it clean um and i tend to do better competitively when i do that so um it was great but i still turned it off yeah and that's multiplayer for modern warfare 2 obviously this game is going to come with a lot more features than that um if there's anything drastic that they add to the beta this coming weekend, maybe we'll talk about it again, but more than likely we'll be waiting until the first week of November to talk about this game more when it officially releases and review code is out there and I get it from Activision. So I enjoyed it. I had a good time playing it. Um, I think if you're a COD fan who didn't like Vanguard like me, and I'll tell you this, Vanguard is the least I've played a Call of Duty since Ghost. So that tells you how I feel about Vanguard. Um, and this got me right back into it. Yep. Um, Ultimate Villain says, I think it's great that they got rid of slide canceling. Even if people complain, it's basically a glitch that everybody feels like they have to use to make themselves harder to hit. I mean, was it a glitch? I don't know if it was a glitch. I think maybe the first time it was a glitch, but then people learned how to use it, and now it's a feature. (laughs) Um, I mean, they intentionally have been putting it in there. And just because it's like they discovered it as a glitch... I don't think that that means they should just cut it out of the game. Combos and fighting games were a glitch. Yeah, so was skiing in tribes. Like, it was a glitch. So was dolphin diving in Battlefield. Yeah, and it just became something that people To be fair, dolphin diving was annoying as hell. It was annoying. But Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I, so I, nothing like the whole, it's like, oh, the Battlefield experience of World War II when you're... Yeah. And like, you just, all these guys just, like, diving yeah. across the battle. Very silly. I mean, all slide canceling does is it just lets you bail out of an animation routine. It's just can- it's just like canceling in a fighting game or in a mm-hmm. beat-em-up. Like, you're not stuck in the animation. You can bail out if you're under the gun. So Yeah, it doesn't seem like an unreasonable thing to let somebody do. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Maybe that's why they took it out because they're like, ah, this just started as a glitch anyway. Uh, did you try third-person mode? I did not... Um, this isn't the first Call of Duty to have third-person mode. Yeah, yet. I remember when they did that a while ago. It's yeah. another thing they took away and then it gets brought back again. Right, and he's and here it is. Like, it's the legacy. He's like, oh, it's a new feature. It's like, no, it's been there before. Um, I don't like it. I prefer to play in first-person. I do get there's a slight advantage of playing in third-person because you can look around corners, um, but I just prefer to play yeah, in first-person. It was definitely better to play in third-person in Battlefront. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Specifically because of that. Yeah. 
Um, Rosencrans, it was probably not intended as a gameplay feature. Then the devs have to make decisions to keep it or fix it. Yeah, I, I get it. I totally understand, like, what's going on with it. I just, I think it's a great feature. Like, even if it was an accident that people discovered it or it was a glitch or whatever, it makes the gameplay better. So I'm all for anything that improves it, in my opinion. Um, Swanland. Sakurai talked about the very end of Space Invaders where the enemies can't hit you as a glitch, but makes the game better. It happens a lot in games. Mm -hmm. There's... Pleasant accidents, I guess, is the best way to put it. And to me, that was a pleasant accident that occurred in Call of Duty, and now they've removed it. So you'll be happy, but most people are not. Most people are really, really pissed about them taking it out. So um, sometimes the ra the ratio wins. So I wouldn't be surprised if even next weekend or when the final version comes out, if it's put back in there. We'll see. Um, it's certainly a conscious decision at the very least. So there you go. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer. I really liked it. And let's be honest, you don't buy Call of Duty to play the campaign because <laughs> it's over in like four or five hours. Most people buy it to play the multiplayer, and I had a really good time with it. And again, it is modern, so it has all the new weapons, all the new technologies, all the new vehicles and things like that. Um, whereas, you know, Vanguard was set in a different time. And they always find ways to make technology work that shouldn't work. Like... They dust it up in like these weird, like almost like steampunk like style like things, but ultimately in reality that stuff wouldn't work. So they do manage to incorporate some future technology in the older games. And I don't know if it's realistic the way that they do it, but they do find a way to do it a lot of times. So there you go. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. We'll touch back on that probably around early November. And again, don't forget, I'll be playing this weekend. You can add me at Dinfire on PlayStation and we'll shoot some fools in the face. All right, let's move on to our last topic of Game Face 316. Are we coming in under time? I think we are. If I keep this short, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, lucky I didn't know this had a demo. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't know that it has a demo. I think I just didn't look at the PS5 very closely this week. Oh, okay. Um, we're going to talk about Valkyrie Elysium, which is, before I played it, I thought it was going to be an RPG, an action RPG. And some people may still think it's an action RPG. I would argue that it is... <laughs> Emperor Dread's already guessing Body Harvest. <laughs> no demo for Body Harvest yet. <laughs> Not yet. Um, anyway, so I thought it was an action RPG. As I started playing it, like, it really is right on the line of being an action adventure and an action RPG. There are three skill trees, but they literally have, like, six options on each one of them. It's the upgrades and the RPG stuff is pretty minimal, honestly. Um, it's interesting just because this, you know, this series started life is basically a Tales of Destiny style JRPG. Oh, it was, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's it's it is weird because it is an RPG franchise, so people assume that it's an RPG. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just telling you, a little you, more interested in the remake of the first one. Right. Yeah, I can see that. that comes with it. So this has been an interesting week. So I've been learning all this stuff about Ragnarok because. There's all the story People stuff. People love Ragnarok. Yeah, that's nothing, why. Nothing like a little, uh, <laughs> nothing like a little uh, public domain IP <laughs> to spice your story up. Yep, pretty much. Um, so I was learning all this stuff about Ragnarok to talk about God of War Ragnarok, and I was also playing this game, which is also set during Ragnarok, and Odin is like a key character in this game. In fact, Odin is the one who gives you all the mission objectives in this. You're oh, yeah, you're a Valkyrie. Yeah, so you're a Valkyrie. You work for him. And you're working for him. You're absolutely right. That's exactly how it works out. Um, basically, it's the backstory for this is just the backstory from Ragnarok. Odin and the wolf fight until they can't fight anymore. Both of them are basically mortally wounded. 
Odin creates you to purify the world and stop Ragnarok and basically save his ass is what it comes down to. You're trying to stop Ragnarok because if Ragnarok continues on, he will die. So it's your job to go into these worlds that he sends you on and to purify all the souls in the world. It's doubly weird that it's called Valkyrie Elysium because Elysium is a Greek myth. It is. Yeah, which I'm learning about right now as I'm preparing for my trip to Greece. Um, So your job is to purify the souls of these creatures that you're fighting. And the the catch in this is once you kill an enemy, their soul leaves the body. And it starts traveling towards another enemy. And if the soul gets to the other enemy, that enemy becomes more powerful. Hmm. So there's management that has to be done post-fight. After you've finished off an enemy and their soul starts trying to make it to an enemy, you you, you watch the soul and you try to kill the enemy that it's trying to go to before it gets to the enemy because otherwise it makes them more powerful. Now I will say this. This is one of the easiest games that I have played in a really long time. I played this demo on the normal setting, and there's like six, and it was like right in the middle. Crank it up, man. This game puts up no fight whatsoever. It's a joke. So that mechanic that I was just talking about, how the souls, like, it's irrelevant unless you turn up the difficulty setting. Because you can just walk through this game. I don't know if I ever died the whole time I played it. And I played it for a while. Like, this demo is pretty long. And I don't think I ever even got close to dying. I definitely never got scared that I was about to die. Because even if your health goes down... There's so many health pickups in this game that you never have to worry about like running out of health. So one thing I would recommend is if you do go to play this demo yourself, I would kick up the difficulty a notch or two. Otherwise, it's just kind of like a means to an end. I would not be surprised if they jack it up for the default difficulty setting um, before the game ships. And it is coming September 29th to PC and PlayStation, though the PC version is coming later in November. So the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 version, September 29th, and then the PC version later on in November. Um, So as you can see, it is real-time combat instead of the turn-based combat like the original. And so I, I totally understand why people are like, this should be an RPG because the original was an RPG. But again, it really is just like a hack and slash with very, very light role-playing elements. Um, The combat itself, there's lots of juggling, which Matt is not a fan of, um, and long combo strings. So you can see right there, like I have a 69-hit combo going right now. I don't mind juggling. I don't like how Tekken does it. I think it looks stupid the way Tekken animates juggling. Yeah. That was always my issue. I thought... Because Virtua Fighter was what I loved, and that was juggling. I had a lot of juggling, too, but I just didn't think it looked as dumb. Okay. And you can see the combo strings are very generous, like, as far as how long they let them go on. Like, look, that meter has to go all the way down before my combo string breaks. So they're very, very, again, very. it's very easy. It's way, way too easy. Um, so you have dodge mechanics in the game. You also have perfect dodges that slows down the enemy so you can counterattack. Um, you have a grapple hook called a soul chain, and that can be used for traversal. You can latch onto certain objects and basically just hook shot your way up into the, the sky or up into higher areas. Or you can use it in combat. You can, you can attach it to an enemy and it will draw you close to the enemy. And there's combos that start with that. So if you want to do certain combos, you have to lead off with using the hook shot to bring yourself closer to the enemy. You build up your magic meter through combat, and then you unleash it. And throughout this demo, I ended up getting, I think, three elemental attacks, like electricity, like a like a tornado, and one other one. 
And then you also have these other characters called Einherjars, which were actually in the original game as well, that you can summon. And they're just party members, basically. They don't fight with you all the time. But you'll see every once in a while on the bottom right, a little menu will pop up that just basically is a schematic of the four buttons on the face of the controller. You hold R2, that menu pops up, and you just tap the button to send one of your partners. You can see that right now I have a partner out there fighting as well. Um, I got two in this demo. One has a sword, the other has a bow. Um, and they're pretty smart. They will follow your lead is what I found. They will go after whoever you are going after. Now I did not find any ability to really instruct them on the fly other than, okay, I'm pointing you at this enemy and now I'm gonna summon you and you'll attack this enemy. But other than that, they kind of are just autonomous and they do their own thing and they're smart. They do a good job. Um, enemies have weak points that you attack. If you attack the weak point, they will fall down and then you unload. A lot of this game feels a lot like Monster Hunter. I'll be honest with you. Um, as you get further into the demo and you start fighting more frequently the bigger enemies in the game, it starts to feel like Monster Hunter where you have control over basically the whole party. Um, and again, you want to attack the weak spot so that they collapse and then you just unload with your big spells and you summon all your guys and you sick them on them and you try to take them out while they're down. Again, the game is really easy. Um, and so I'm not sure that I, that I felt like I was pushed in this to really learn the nuances of the combat. I just kind of just was always firing stuff off at the enemies and it just always worked because the enemies just never had enough hit points. Um, You're one hit from dying right now in the B-roll. Oh yeah, but I won't. <laughs> it's funny, I won't. Because um, I'll kill an enemy and it'll give me like all the health it'll completely refill it or whatever. And I never quite understood how like what the meter meant. Like you have the green, but then you also have like the gray part. Mm-hmm. I never figured out exactly what that meant because again, I never really needed to because it was just too easy. Presumably that's like something you could heal through doing something specific. But and like that's your max amount you're able to heal or whatever? From like whatever that, yeah, because it looks like that's how much you took. See my health now, Matt? Yeah, but <laughs> once everybody died, all the orbs flew. Yeah, they just so. give them all up, yeah. Um, what else do I have to say about this? Yeah, so what I was talking about earlier, how if you do enough damage against an enemy, it will collapse. It's actually, that's actually called crashing. Um, you can also, instead of just attacking the weak parts on the enemies, you can also check out their elemental alignment. And if you, if you counteract their elemental alignment, you can also get them to crash, and then you can jump in and unload on them. Um, the camera was probably the biggest issue I had with this, playing through this demo. It's just, by default, it's set too low, and when you run, it gets lower. So when you're running, it's like the camera is dragging along behind you in the grass and you're like looking up at everything. When you get, and so it's a pain in the ass outside. When you get inside, they, they definitely need to work on it. When you get inside, it just whips around and whirs around. It cannot really follow the action when you're fighting like multiple enemies inside. There's definitely some work that needs to be done there on the camera and I hope that they do that before they release it because again, it's coming out here in a couple weeks. Um, there's no real overworld in the game or a map or, or like a town to explore. Basically, Odin sends you out on a mission. You go, you finish the mission. Like for instance, I'll beat this boss here. A portal will appear. You step into the portal and you get teleported back to Odin where there's all this dumb cut scene. The game's not very cinematic and not very story driven. 
Like, there's just little cutscenes here and there, but it's not like, it's not a story-driven game, I guess is the best way to put it. So, I'll beat this boss, I'll teleport back to Odin, Odin will say something, he'll be like, oh, now there's these people who are trying to kill me or whatever. One and of the then, weirdest things about this is how you don't lose your combo when you get hit. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, the combo strings are very generous in this. Like, you have to wait for that meter to go all the way down before you lose your string. It's crazy. Again, like I said, it's just way, way too easy. Um, but yeah, so you go back to Odin, and he's just like, okay, I have another mission for you. And then you go to this thing that you stand on, and a map does come up, but you just basically select whatever option on the map is there. You're not actually exploring the map. You select that option. He teleports you to the next mission, which is another linear mission in a non-open world. You complete that mission. You go back to Odin, rinse and repeat until you finish the game, I'd assume. Um, the combat in this game is simple compared to a lot of games that I've been playing recently. Um, you basically have two hack and slash attacks. You have square and triangle. You have your quick attack and your strong attack. Um, all the combos are derived from those two buttons. So, you know, square, square, triangle, square, 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 triangle, square, triangle, square, triangle. All the combos are built around just those two buttons. And they get old quick. Like, you, you can probably even see from this B-roll. By the time you're done watching it, you're sick of watching the same combos over and over. It needs more. Undoubtedly, it needs more. Um, and that's one thing I would like to see, but I do not see that happening. Visually, it's a okay-looking game. It's a little repetitive once you get out into the missions. Like, a lot of the ground textures are copy and paste over and over again. It's a lot better in cutscenes, that's for sure. What, the graphics? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But again, there aren't that many cutscenes in the game. Like like I said, you right now I'm back, hanging out with Odin. He does his little thing, sends you on your next mission. Odin's a very fancy man. Yeah. Now, I did run into a couple characters out in the field where they're like, what are you doing here? And I didn't even know who the hell they were. So there's going to be some twists and turns to the plot, I'm sure. But the bulk of how the story is told is like this. There's, there's not a lot of storytelling out in the field. You come back to this sort of hub area with Odin, and that's where the plot is kind of moved forward. And that's pretty much Valkyrie Elysium. It's a very simple game. Again, very light on the RPG elements. If you're interested in this because you were a fan of Valkyrie Profile back in the day, that's not a good enough reason to buy this game. I'll tell you that right now. It is not much like that game at all. It has kind of the same setting and the same themes and things like that and a lot of the same verbiage, but it plays entirely different, and the plot doesn't really tie in with the other one, even though it is based on Ragnarok. It's not like a direct... It picks up directly after the end or anything. It's just very loosely associated with the old games that everybody knows and loves, I guess is the best way I could put it. Yeah, I'm more interested in the... I mean, it's basically like a port or remaster, I think, of the PSP or Vita game, mm-hmm. which, whatever it was on, the, the, the remake of the first one. Yeah. I mean, I had fun with this. I found myself continuing to play it because it offered no resistance. Like, I could just keep going and mm-hmm. just mopping up enemies. Kind of fi- Dynasty Warriors style. A little bit, yeah. It's like, it's not really about whether you can win the battle or not. It's It's like... Will your patience wear thin before you go to the next battle? And do you believe that the next possible enemy or boss that you could fight is interesting enough that you should keep on going? Um, And that's what I found. And again, like I said, there are some RPG elements. They're very light. There's like three skill trees that have very minimal things to upgrade. Even in this demo, I felt like I upgraded like a quarter of all like the skill trees. So I don't know how long this game is going to be either. I don't know. 
Um, but again, the demo's out there. It's free. You can go and play it for yourself. Um, but I don't know. I guess I'm kind of lukewarm on this game. I enjoyed playing it, but it was way too easy, and I had some. There are some issues with it that were kind of annoying. And it doesn't really, like, if you're looking to this to be the spiritual successor to the old games, you're going to be disappointed there as well. But if you're looking for a simple hack and slash with light RPG elements, it's worth checking out, I guess is the best way I could I could put it. I wouldn't spend $70 for it. I'll put it to you that way, though. But, uh, yeah, there you go. That's Valkyrie Elysium. You think I'll go play the, uh, the demo, Matt? Here's the skill trees, by the way, okay. before we go. So you can see how simple... The skill trees are. Yeah, it's not a lot. There's not a lot. There's three different ones, like elemental, three different elemental ones, but none of them are very big. So um, it is very, very light on the It RPG feels like there stuff. must be more in there at some point. There, there may be. be something unlocks eventually, because you're right. Like, this is almost like, criminal. Why would you devote an entire tab of the menu to that? Yeah, to those three different yeah. trees. Yeah, You can almost show all those on the screen at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and here you can see, like, I'm leveling up my weapon, and you do get new weapons as you play. Like, eventually, like, right before the demo ended, I got, like, a new sword that swings a lot more quickly and doesn't take as long to, like, wind up or whatever. So you do get new weapons throughout the game, although they take their time giving them to you. They're not like a lot of other RPGs where after every fight there's, like, 50 weapons laying around on the ground, and you're, like, sorting through them, trying to figure out which one you should actually keep or use. So there you go. That's Valkyrie Elysium. Matt, do you have any questions about it? No. No? Seems pretty straightforward. It is. And sadly, it is. Like, So we had Team Ninja's game, which I felt overwhelmed playing the demo. Mm -hmm. And then this one, where I felt underwhelmed. And I'm like, where's there's got to be more to this? And there is. And maybe there is eventually? I hope so. Because mm -hmm. what I played in that demo is very basic. So, um, Delfino says, character models look good. Yeah. I think they look pretty good. I don't think they looked amazing, though. I mean, if you're if you play, like... Ratchet and Clank or anything exclusive just made for PS5 or the Demon Souls remake for PS5, I don't think those character models look good at all. Um, but for last gen, I guess they look good. Um, Vortex Complex looks similar to that Xenoblade game to me. No. Which one? There are no Xenoblade games with, with combat like that. Yeah. So I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about there. Um, is the main character voiced by Nurse Joy? I don't know. Ashes in the Hourglass. I don't know, honestly. Um, Swanland says the trailer looks great, but this definitely shows that it might be boring. Yeah, well, that's how trailers work. They can cut out all the boring parts and just mm -hmm. have the really fun parts in there. Um, Bunko, frame rate seems in the 40s. Okay, this is something I should just say in general um, about footage on Game Face. So the footage always has to be 30 frames per second on Game Face to work with our TriCaster. Sometimes if games run at crazy high frame rates, even if you record them natively at 30 frames, they look a little weird. Sometimes they'll look a little jittery, like the Modern yeah, Warfare Modern 2 Warfare footage. Modern Warfare looks like that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that happens. So when you're watching Game Face, always remember that, that like whatever you're seeing is not always indicative of the game. I just want to make sure I get that out there because I've seen sometimes people saying like, oh, it's like 30 frames a second. Yeah, like our show is 30 frames per second. It has to be to work with our TriCaster. To get a new TriCaster that works at 60 frames in 4K, it's like 12 grand or whatever, and I obviously can't afford that. So unfortunately, we're stuck using the 1080p 30 frames per second TriCaster that we currently have. So just something to keep in mind when we show footage here on Game Face. So you're not judging games too harshly based upon frame rates and stuff like that. Okay, I think that's all your questions. 
Um, oh, Ashes says that was a joke because the OG main character was voiced by Nurse Joy. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, all right. It's that time of the show where we do name that game. Last week, Matt, you kind of won. Yeah. It was at least a tie. About the same you time. You definitely got it yeah. at the same time as everybody else. So that was good. And um, last week, I intentionally made it a little easier than usual. I picked Skyrim, first of all, which is a game I assume most people would have like mental triggers for. This week, I went harder. So last yeah. week, I went easy. This week, I tried to make it more difficult. And I'll see if I did it or not, or if I failed. Um, for those of you who are watching this for the first time, name that game is exactly what you're going to try to do. I show you five screenshots from a game. You just try to name the game. You're trying to beat Matt at this. You guys win all ties. When we start the game, chat goes into slow mode, which means you can only type a response once every 60 seconds. So don't just spam with a bunch of game titles hoping that you guess it right. You need to hold your guesses for when you have a legitimate guess. Um, you guys win all ties. If Matt says the name of the game and I look over and it pops up in the next second or two in chat, you guys get the win. If you win, you get a free video game. And I think that's it. Yeah. So here we go. Some of you, this is your favorite part of Game Face every week, which makes me a little bit sad because of all the work that I do on the rest of the show. But as long as you're enjoying it, that's all that really matters. Um, okay, we're ready for the first screenshot for Name That Game for episode 316. And here it is. Glover, no. <laughs> Commander Keen 4, no. Oh, C-Note brings up, if you've already won this year, don't play. That was one thing I left out. You can't win twice in one year, one calendar year. Danny Endurance, nope. No, I do not know of the game called Nope. Spider-Man, no. God of War 2018, no. The Last of Us 2, no. Death Stranding, no. GTA 4, no. Lost Planet, no. That's a good guess, though. Mm -hmm. Lost Planet from Big Ass Boy. Bioshock 1, no. Okay, I think that's it. We're going on to screenshot number two. And here it is. Returnal, no. 50 Cent Blood in the Sand, no. <laughs> Good one, Wampler. Uh, I think I, I think I'm right. I think I made it harder. Watch Dogs one. No, it is not right. Oh, Mitchell is alive. Just got it. Hmm. Detroit. Wow, I can't believe you got it from that. That's pretty amazing, dude. Wow. Yeah, that's what it is. A bunch of people got it. So hmm. Mitchell got it. And then I thought that for a second, but then I couldn't think of a section with snow in it. And then Evil Oni followed up with it right afterwards. Mitchell is alive. You're correct. I am shocked that you got it based on those two screenshots, though. This one. And this one. I... I do feel like sometimes people are using Google Images to get some of this stuff. Mm, Detroit entered my head, but I couldn't think of a thing where the first screenshot was from. Yeah. But then I didn't finish Detroit, so... I hope you guys aren't doing that. I hope you guys are playing legitimately. Yeah, Google Images it can't find that. Yeah, it can. No, it can't. I think it can. I don't think so. Because this, well, that in particular, I didn't alter at all. I didn't zoom in or anything. 
So this was the screenshot that shows the one android on a rooftop mm-hmm. holding the girl. And then that's the background of the city behind the android or whatever. I don't think... I think you are overestimating Google Image. I've tried to find stuff with Google Image, and it's, it's an idiot. Really? Like, it does not... You, you couldn't find a tiny sliver of a screenshot like that. Interesting. Um, second is from the hostage scene from the demo. Yes, what I said, just said. I'd recognize that blue David Cage light anywhere. Okay. That's true. That light... That, that There's a quality of that color that he uses a lot. Interesting. Uh, okay, I'll show you the rest of them, just for posterity's sake. Here's the third one. That might have given it away. That's also from a pretty iconic screenshot that made the rounds and is in a lot of articles for the game. Here is the fourth. Show off the shrubs. The shrubs are always something that tends to give away, give these away. If I can mm. show a shrub in a video game, nine times out of ten, you guys will get it from the shrub. Like That is something that I've uh, picked up on over time. Is if I include shrubber, you guys almost always get it. And then here was the final screenshot Mm. and obviously that's just all the androids in a room like all lined up and everything and you know with the uniform and the logo and everything you guys definitely would have got it from that so great job chad that's pretty amazing that you got it from those two screenshots mitchell is alive there is your applause for winning name that game excellent job man that is amazing i really thought that that i really thought that it would get to the fourth image with this one but i was wrong again you guys are just way better than i ever guessed and I tried hard to make that one difficult. I really did. Like, I really thought I gave you guys really obtuse clues, but nothing's obtuse for you guys. Um, so great job, Mitchell is alive. Congratulations for winning. Name that game. Uh, send me a DM on Twitter at Dinfire. You can send us a direct message here on Twitch at Sifted Games. You can send a DM at Sifted Games on Twitter if you want. If you're on Sifted.net, you can send me a message at Shane. However you want to get at me, get at me, and we'll send you the code for your free game. And congratulations once again. Mitchell is alive for winning Name That Game. Were you? Did you say you were about to uh, guess Detroit? Yeah, the second one did make me think Detroit, but I could not square it with what the first picture was. Ooh. But I don't know everything in Detroit. Yep, because both of us didn't finish it. <laughs> um, okay. Like they said, there is some kind of quality to that colored light that made me think david cage it's interesting how stuff like that just creates these connections mm-hmm. in your mind that it's pretty amazing well it was like in uh there was a few days ago on the name that game uh the the hurdle the you know, guess that guess the dot game mm-hmm. uh was a few a few times ago was uh, i think it was half-life 2 and i knew it because there's just a certain way the source engine looks mm-hmm I just knew what that game was. I yeah. didn't recognize the scenery. I didn't recognize the, the level. Engine. But I knew that was Half-Life 2 because there's just a certain way that looks. Well, I'll put it to you this way. I stay away from that engine now. Because I remember mm-hmm. I did Portal. Yeah. And, and I got really pissed instantly. off when people get Portal really quick. <laughs> I mean, funny. Source Engine is one of the most identifiable. Yeah, it um, is for sure. And I can't even tell you really what it is. Like, no, there's just a quality of it. Yeah. There's a quality of the, of the textures and the light and that way it... The way it blends things, I don't know. Mitchell you says know he, when you he platinum to Detroit. Yeah. That helps. The more time that you spend with the game, it definitely helps for sure. Yep. Every person, <laughs> Nox Adernitis, every person here has spent too much time staring at one game. It's true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, let's get to some Q&A before we head out of here. The Legacy. Thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. And as always, try to do Twitch Prime at the beginning of the show or at the end. It'll give us a chance to like recognize you guys, which I always try to do every chance I get because you guys are awesome. Okay, 
let's get to some questions. Uh, AJ the Legend Watson. I'm wondering what you guys consider a sweet spot for the length of games. Do you prefer more than 40-hour games or something closer to the 20-hour mark? Well, it depends on if I paid for that game or I got it for free. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it does matter. It doesn't matter. To you, it doesn't matter? should be as long as the game should be. Yeah. Like, Eco is about three hours long, and that's about right. Yeah. The Witcher 3 is about 80 hours long, and that's about right. Yeah. Like, there is a length that a game should be in its own sense. I don't care how long something is if I think it was as long as it should have been. I generally agree with that way of thinking, but I do feel like some games are bloated and overstay their welcome. It can be. Because but the developers also, just couldn't figure out. I didn't, I didn't mean to say they didn't go the other way. Yeah. Like, there's 80-hour games that shouldn't be 80 hours. Well, Valhalla is too damn long. Yeah. Sometimes play the long games, it's more satisfying when you finish them because you made it through the journey. Mm-hmm. It's like it, you put in the work to get through it. And if it's satisfying all the way through, then it's great. But there's a lot of games that are just padded to make them longer and just the copy and paste content to pad them out. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I would be okay if like Assassin's Creed's were only 40 hours long. Like, I'm fine be. with that. Like, I don't need it. To, honestly, most. They used to be. Yeah, I know. Most games. I don't need them to be longer than 40 hours, Matt, honestly. Like, I just don't. Like... No, I don't... There, there's no hard time for anything. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like saying, like, movies shouldn't be this long or that long. I think it depends on your lifestyle, too. Like, people who have kids and really crazy lives. Mm-hmm. Like, some of those people will never, ever finish a game that's longer than 15 hours. So if you ask somebody like that this question, they're going to say 10 because otherwise, I'll never finish a video game ever again, or at least until my kids are in college or whatever. Like, I'm lucky I don't have kids in that way, so I can just spend all my free time playing games if I want to, and for you too. Um, so a lot of it just depends, I think, on your lifestyle and what demands you have on your time. Um, but I would be okay if no video game ever was over 40 hours. It would not burn my britches if there was this weird, like, subconscious limit that all games can't be longer than 40 hours. Like... I wouldn't complain, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I think The Witcher needed to be as long as it was. There well, that's because games... it was just great from... Yeah, there are games that, that need to be as long as they are, and that's that's the criterion. Yeah. Like, I, I don't... I don't go into anything expecting a certain... I don't... There is no such thing as a good length for a game. The game should be as long as the game is, and how the game should be, and what it justifies its own length. Okay. That was a good question, AJ. Um, a question from The Legacy. Do you think Sony will buy Deviation Games since they might lose Call of Duty eventually? Co-founder Jason Blundell left his studio, and Haven Studio co-founder Sebastian Puel left a month before Sony bought them. Also, they recently hired Lewis Castle, the co-founder of Westwood, Jonathan Hawkins, Dean Reimer, God of War dev, and Tony Flame, a Treyarch dev. Oh, we talked about this before. I mean, that's what happened with Haven. All Haven did was just hire a bunch of people, and Sony bought them. Yeah. So this could absolutely happen. And that I think I even mentioned that day that if you're smart, you just form a studio with a bunch of superstars and just wait for the offers to roll in. You don't have to make a game or do anything. The industry's a little messed up right now, honestly, in that way. Because just because you have talented people, it's not a guarantee you're going to make a great game. Yeah, it's but, not. But the, but the big three are army building right now. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to... You might as well play into that. It's bizarre what's happening right now. There's been lots of all-star studios. What was that shooter from four former Halo devs where like you you like it was an RTS cross with a shooter and like you kind of flew around on these little like pods almost? 
What was it called? It was awful. But that was made by an all-star group of developers from all these other shooter franchises. And it was terrible. Yeah, I can the, the name of it. I remember watching the B-roll. And the studio but... folded. It didn't even get to release its second game because that game was so bad. So it's not a given, but yeah, I mean, Sony probably will buy Deviation Games or somebody will if it really has that all-star lineup of developers. It's sad, but it's true. Uh, Ashes of the Hourglass. I tried to ask this last week, so I'm asking it again. Matt, what are your thoughts on the recent death and work of Jean-Luc Goddard? I'm assuming Shane doesn't know who that is. I do know who it is, but I don't care enough to answer, and Matt will give you a better answer. Uh, I mean, I don't know if... I mean, he's an old man who... Yeah, I mean, it's not super unexpected. Uh, I like a lot of his work, uh, particularly Band Apart. Um, Worth watching if you haven't seen his, especially his older stuff. I haven't seen most of his recent stuff because he switched to making shorts and things. Um, Yeah, I mean... I don't have a lot of thoughts on that. Really, no, to be didn't honest. didn't he hit you too much? No, I mean he's he's very influential, very important, but like he just wasn't. He's not one of my favorites. Yeah, I have no affinity or feelings towards him at all. I mean, obviously, I feel for his family that he's passed and his friends and colleagues, but I have no emotional attachment to him at all. Uh, from Erebus Jones, Microsoft still charges only sixty euro for new first party games when they release. And am I right? <laughs> Good one. Uh, when the Activision purchase goes through, do you think they'll reduce Call of Duty's price on PlayStation to bring it into line with the rest of their pricing? Hmm, that's a good one too. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of depends what that contract. <laughs> you know is. where I stand on this stuff. I'm pissed off that I think that like Microsoft is being too nice. So. I feel like they should charge them the full 70 if they want to, if that's, I mean, I, I, I don't know. You could see that as a bit of a power move where it's like, Hey, the biggest game on your system is still 60 bucks as we said. So, and now we made you look like you're gouging your customers. Yeah. I mean, you could make a statement that way, but I don't think it's going to like pull people like you, away. No, but it'd be, you know, it's just knowing Microsoft, they might enjoy doing the public statement about like, it's like, Oh, we believe that like, this is, you know, the, pricing of things should reflect it and like you know and and you could you could really do some corporate speak that twisted the knife on that a little bit just to be yeah. a dick um yeah i don't know i don't know how likely microsoft would be to do that but it might be fun to see yeah um because because it would be a po- it would be a populist move you know? make the like, console wars great again man yeah like, especially <laughs> if they don't up theirs to 70 yeah there's sort of that thing's like, yeah, Sony charges seventy bucks for games. We don't know what that's about. But then again, like, there's going to be games on Microsoft that are seventy bucks because like 2K has already moved. You know, GTA Six is going to be seventy bucks. Sony also already increased the price of its console, and Microsoft did not. So yep. it would actually not increasing the price would kind of fall in line with what's been happening. Um, one more. Oh, <laughs> Emperor Dread. Well, I'll answer two more. This is very quick. When you make the puns for the lower thirds on the show, do you have any you're particularly proud of? Usually, every episode there's at least one that I am like, okay, I nailed that one. But you guys never say anything about them. <laughs> so then when the show's over, I'm like, I guess it didn't hit the way that I thought. Hmm. So usually every episode, there's like one lower third that I'm pretty proud of. I'm like, oh, I nailed that one. And the funny part too is that like, I don't write the lower thirds like all right in a row and right away. Like I'll have the show set up, I'll have most of the B-roll ready. And then I'll go take a shower. And while I'm in the shower, getting ready for the show to come over here, that's when I come up with a lot of the lower thirds in the puns. So um, I've actually come up with a lot of things while taking a shower. I'm sure that's typical for a lot of people. Because I think your brain just kind of clears itself and you're focused. 
Uh, but anyway, yeah, there are some that I'm proud of, but you guys never mention them, so I guess they all suck. <laughs> uh, Derek D111, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, Time Zini, thank you for Twitch Prime. And we will take one more. Um, Evil Oni, thank you for the bits, man. That's awesome. Mega Drive Guy, thank you for Twitch Prime. Oh, there's a lot of questions in here I'm not going to be able to get to, unfortunately, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, Disintegration, Vincent brings up. That was the game mm -hmm. I was talking about. And he's right. It was Disintegration. Um, oh, there's so many in here. I wish I could answer them all, guys, but we're already way over time. Um, let's see. Did Evil Oni ask a question? Since he gave us the bits, I'll answer it if he did. He did not. Okay. Well, Time Zini, you gave us Twitch Prime, so we'll answer yours. Um, I live vicariously through gaming podcasts, Let's Plays, etc., rather than playing games myself. Interesting. Do you guys have any similar hobbies you still follow but aren't active in anymore? That's a great question, man. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start? Uh, probably not, because I don't have any of those. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, mine's very easy. It's skateboarding. 1,000% mm. <laughs> skateboarding. I know everything that's going on in skateboarding still. I know who all the hot skaters are. I know what all the hot tricks are. I know what people are trying that like, so there's certain things that happen. There's certain handrails or gaps that become known in the skate scene. Um, like there's a handrail called El Toro that's notorious because the run up to the handrail is awful and it's like disjointed. And so, and it's like a 20 step rail. A big thing with doing rails is feeling comfortable when you're about to ollie onto the rail. Well, El Toro at the top, is really uneven. And so as you're skating up to this 20 step rail, it's sketchy as hell because you're like off balance. You so I know everything about skateboarding, and I like never skateboard anymore. Like there's these new wheels that Pal just launched that are called the Dragon Wheels that are like this new revolution that like they work the same whether you're on a flat surface or rough surfaces. Like they finally figured out this breakthrough in urethane technology. Like I know everything that's still going on in skateboarding but I rarely ever skateboard myself anymore. So that's the one for me, undoubtedly. I still live vicariously through all these people. And I do watch like videos of people my age who are still skating um, and wish I could do it. But like my knee surgery hasn't worked out as well as I had hoped. It's my knee's still kind of jacked up and uh, I just haven't been able to get back into it. So uh, I definitely live vicariously in the skateboard world through YouTube videos. So you're not alone there. I think everybody probably does a little bit of this. Especially as you get older and physically you can't do the things that you used to do, but you still may be interested in it. Or still, in all honesty, with skateboarding, I'm still just impressed by it. As the advantage of never having cared about sports. Yeah, you're right. I don't right. have anything I do. That's true. That's a, that's a good point. Everything I've been interested in, I still can do. That's kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> I wish I could say that, but I can't. Um, but otherwise, like most of the other stuff I'm into, like... I haven't played hockey for a while, but I'm already starting to get back into that. I'm starting to get set up with the league. I'm going to go back to playing hockey again. Skateboarding is just You've so... You've had enough rest, knee. Yeah, seriously. Skateboarding is just so dangerous, man. Like, one yeah. mistake, and you just tore your ACL, and I just don't want to go through it again. So, um, yeah, I've dialed back some of my life activities. But, like, other stuff I haven't. Like, when I was in Philadelphia... Over Labor Day weekend, my buddy DJed, and I danced for, like, two hours at his event. So, like, some stuff that people may look at me and be like, you're too old to, keep, to still be doing that. I still do it. But other stuff, I have stopped because I just had to physically. Uh, Noxator Nida says, I always appreciate the lower third puns. Thank you, man. <laughs> it's crazy when you do stuff, like, and you put a lot of thought into it, and it just keeps, like, just happening. No one ever notices it. 
Uh-huh. After a while, you're like, why do I? Why am I doing this? <laughs> but some people notice it, and that's all that really matters. So there you go. That's Game Phase 316. I thought it was a great episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks to everybody on the chat. You guys were awesome as usual. Sorry we couldn't get to all your questions. Maybe you can bring them back for next week like one of our question askers did. Um, We are supported 100% at Patreon. So if you like our show and you want to see more of it, if you want to get the show early, you can't make it to our live streams and you don't like waiting five days, uh, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. You can pledge whatever you want there. We appreciate every dollar, every single dollar. We appreciate it, guys. Um, And if you can't afford any money, and I totally get that, um, you can help us with Twitch Prime. The instructions to do that are down below if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, And if you don't watch on YouTube and you need help with that, send me a DM on Twitter. I will walk you through it. It's really easy, um, and it's not a big deal for me to help you do that stuff. So uh, don't forget, add me at Dinfire on PlayStation or Xbox to play some Call of Duty this weekend. Um, I think that's it. Mm. Yeah. We mo- almost got... No, we didn't get in under, under time. We're still 10 minutes over. No. <laughs> I could have quit and not done Q&A, but there were so many questions that I wanted to answer some of them because let's just be aw- honest. You guys are awesome, and I want to get you guys integrated into the show as much as I can. So, again, head to patreon.com slash sifted to help us if you can, uh, especially if you're out there and you're listening to it on any of the podcast services because uh, Game Face is on all of them. And sometimes I feel like you're just... Your podcast just goes out there and people consume it and they don't really know how to support. So let's try to mention at least something um, for the people who are just listening to the audio version of the show and don't see all the graphical reminders of ways that you can help us. So anyway, that's it for Game Phase 316. We'll see you next Tuesday right here at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Game Phase is up and out. <laughs>